I hate to go all technical on you, but all hands on deck, swirly thing alert! Attention! Listen, you motherfuckers. Buckle up, pedal heads. You're experiencing the Lotus Effect with Phoenix and Phone Boy. There's something wrong with us! Something very, very wrong with us! You are my podcast. My only podcast. So if you fucking take my podcast away, I'm going to shove my foot so far up your ass. Oh my God. It's very creepy. Just a little weird. Maybe it'll catch on. Who knows? It is out of sheer morbid curiosity. I'm allowing this freak show to continue. How do you fix that, though? Take a big step back and literally suck my dick. Do I have your attention? Send your dick pics. (laughs) I got a whole folder full of dick pics. Are you interested? I know you are because it's fuck or walk. You're shitting me. Have you made your decision for Christ? To tell you the truth, I don't give a shit. I would not say such things if I were you. Who the fuck are you? Phone Boy and Phoenix. I don't know Phone Boy. Those two are those two are pretty interesting to listen to. They're fucking nuts! But they don't know shit about fuck, clearly. You just can't trust them. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <clears throat> Bullshit. I'm glad you heard all that. Yeah, you did hear all that. And now hear this. It's episode 98, which is officially a sandpaper dildo of a weekend so far. And, uh, you know, it's the show that's made up with the content that doesn't matter. And as usual, I'm Phoenix. An emotional support stripper. Yeah, and uh, I'm phone boy. He puts his dick on the table, you know. That's what I do. uh, Yeah, he does. uh, Quite often. Even though I'm constantly telling him, phone boy, get your dick off the table. We're trying to eat. We're out in public. What is wrong with you? (laughs) Something very, very wrong with this. That's right. And that's why we start our show like this? Something like this, yeah. What is this, a freak out? This is kind of strange. This is terrific. I think I'm going to be sick. Not a speck of light is showing, so the danger must be growing. Are the fires of hell a-glowing? Is the grizzly reaper mowing? Yes! The danger must be growing, for the rowers keep on rowing, and they're certainly not showing any signs that they are slowing! We're there. Lick, lick, lick my balls! <laughs> yeah! Okay. That's right. I, I think, I think, He's at it again I th- with the soundboard. Yeah, I think th- there was is something... I think something happened when I moved things around, and unfortunately... You think? Uh, yeah, something... Uh, there's a bug somewhere. Well, anyway. You, you, you done blowed it now yeah, because, like a because I forgot because, because obviously... I just had an orgasm. Yeah, apparently we, you did, and apparently it landed on the soundboard because you fired <laughs> off some really stupid shit. Well, I was, well, uh, you know, Phoenix Jr. talked about lick I my balls. He, well, it's it's I, already. It was, I, I I had it. I just needed to put it in the soundboard. So yes, yeah, so I a little new opening. This yeah, we put had this opening, and actually that's something we got to do for episode one hundred, which is actually episode one hundred is going to be so next Saturday. Next Saturday, because we're doing a double header uh, this weekend. So that's uh, right. So we're, we're doing gonna be it live we're, after No Agenda yeah. tomorrow. That's right. Someone will need some whiskey shaming. Yes, exactly. When we when we do all this, but uh, yes, uh, there, there's always going to be whiskey shaming. But uh, you know, 
the Lotus affects everyone differently. So however, wherever it's affecting you, thank you for your courage and for propagating the model of the Podfather himself, who, by the way, is having a birthday tomorrow. Make sure we wish the Podfather a happy birthday. And if you're new to the No Agenda family, welcome. And here is how it works. We are a value for value podcast, which means we provide you some value in the form of the entertainment with the crap that falls out of our mouth. And whatever value you place on that entertainment, whether it be time, talent, or treasure, you can contribute it back to us. And the ways that you can do that, or you can go to lotuseffect.show and click on the green We Like Money button. So we are more than glad to take your gold press latinum and your fiat fun coupons. And if your money offends you, we will take it off your hands. You can send us boostograms using a podcasting 2.0 app. And there's a lot of people who get in on that boostergram party during Rideshare Radio on Friday at 8 p.m. And also in Studio 33 directly after our show. You can also mail us stuff. If you'd like to send us something physical, you can hit us up in the back channel and we'll provide you the address. And we're going to tell you about some of the wonderful people who've provided value to the show this week. That's right. So with, uh, well, I'm muted. Okay. Well, I'm glad you, well, I'm glad you figured that out. Somebody's got to keep you running on the right temperature. I haven't even been drinking and yet I'm more cognizant in this whole situation than you are. What the hell? Breaking the balls. Breaking the balls. What the fuck are you talking about? That's how you know you fucked up. Yeah. All right. Well, let's 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 get into those who contributed value back to us. And so we'll start with uh, Fantasy Weddings. Uh, they make they make their they make uh, Rev Cyber Truckers business makes their uh, their four dollar twenty cent uh, monthly stonation, uh, which we appreciate. Uh, so you know that 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 gets you that gets you the. Oh, you the executive producer. Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah, um, we're cheaper than, yeah, we're cheaper than <laughs> no agenda in that regard. Way cheaper. That's right. So, uh, weirdo. Although we are not cheap in tawdry goods masquerading as quality, that would be your ex. Yes, exactly. So, now, uh, in terms of boostergrams, we've got a bunch of boostergrams here, and we got uh, for, uh, for musical requests, of course, most of them coming for Studio 33. Uh, so, um, and then we've got, uh, so we started with weirdo boosting 330 three sets saying tramps to chunky um and then um you know and then you boosted 30 uh, three, 333 sets saying fine young cannibals she drives me crazy um and then you boosted 333 sets going uh, junior walker and the all-star shotgun um and then uh, another 33 333 sats uh, from you nelly air force ones featuring uh, anyway yeah a bunch of other people um and then weirdo boosted uh, 1067 sats saying tech nine higher power this one is for the hempress i referenced it and she caught it well well that yeah that was a great track uh servo now servo came in during the last uh, rideshare radio was boosting a lot of number a lot of numbers in in, in his in his booster were the year of the tra- that, that, that the that the track came out so server boosted 1996 set saying jesse cook mario takes a walk then he yeah we actually we kept that going yeah we did that's right so uh servo boosted 1998 set saying everlast what's it like and then weirdo boosted 333 sat saying head pe forward go yeah that's I mean, we play a lot of head pe in studio 33 and then servo boosted 1968 sat saying maxwell silver silver hammer we like that um and then you boosted 1974 set saying clap for the wolfman which is the guess who I believe. Uh, and then Servo boosted 1974 sats, uh, saying average white band pick up the pieces. Uh, and, and, they're, and they're all black, apparently. Uh, I, didn't, I did not know this. Um, 
Phoenix boosted 1995 sat saying Bloodhound Gang pretty when I'm drunk. That, that's that's a popular one. And then uh, Servo boosted 1972 sat saying Stevie Wonder Superstition. I play the one where he plays on Sesame Street. And it's fucking amazing to watch the video. You can see this little kid bouncing around. It's got got hair, you know hair like down to his shoulders and just and he's and it's just whipping around as he's and he's jamming to fucking Stevie Wonder. I love it. Yeah, he's going hard. Yeah, that's right. And then uh, let's see. Then then Servo boosted 2010 sat saying. Uh, Lamatre uh, blue shaft, and then and then boot, and then uh, twenty seventeen sats from Servo saying poolside feel all right. Yeah, I feel all right. I, I need to. I think I need to light up and feel a little bit more all right. Um, then Phoenix boosted nineteen sixty one sats saying the Beatles twist and shout, which we did, and then uh, Servo boosted twenty fourteen sats saying uh, Wolfpack Wolfpack Sky Mall, and that should have probably probably should have played the Sky Mall song that Jonathan Colton did. Um, and then, and then Phoenix boosted 2023 sats saying, because Phoenix got nominated for Honor Society, which is Back to School by Jude Cole. Uh, and then we got Weirdo coming in with a bunch of boosts here. And then Dirk Na- Dirt Nasty and Mickey Avalon, my dick. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's much like I probably put my dick on the table. You know. uh, Rob Zombie, Dead Radio. Uh, and Green Day, American Idiot. Green Day, When I Come Around. And then then Sharky comes in at the end with a, with a, with a, with a, with a small satchel of Richard saying, Darren O plus plus blanks space taylor swift yes we played that i take it darren o is a ts fan yes he is uh, is i knew ver- there was something not right about that guy yeah well he, he has a he yeah i think he was also like getting vinyl i mean to the point where he's getting vinyl for it which i'm sure can't be cheap i mean i think i've seen taylor swift like st- literally buying taylor swift <clears throat> pardon me taylor swift vinyl on like i didn't even know that existed yeah, no, I didn't know. I'm, I'm I'm completely gobsmacked. I apologize. Exactly. Well, anyway, well, you know we don't we don't we don't music shame around here. We play a lot. We play all kinds of music. Um, that's so, right. We uh, are equal opportunity music. That's abusers. right. So, exactly. So, um, if you want to be part of this boostergram party, uh, you know, take off all your clothes and go to nudepodcastapps.com or keep them on and, and just go to newpodcastapps.com and you can get an application that will uh, allow you to boostergram with this with this show and uh, uh, while you're listening live or not. And uh, we, when we take your request during Studio Thirty Three, so um, yeah. Uh, now, of course, you can also uh, you can also participate in far as as far as contributing value by sending us feedback, and there's ways to do that. You can uh, you can you can contact send us a message yeah, on con- No Agenda Social. Yeah. He is at Phone Boy. I am at Phoenix P H E O N I X. You can send us email phoneboy at lotuseffect.show or phoenix at lotuseffect.show you can also send us snail mail as we talked about earlier if you want our address hit us up in the back channel or my favorite you can call 253-237-3321 and tell us the answer to the Free fire topic for the week at this week, which of course is what's your favorite dirty joke call and tell us what it is yes and then and we, of course one ringy dingy Two ringy dingy. Dell computers. This is Chip. Yeah. That's yes. right. They are not standing by, but Google Translate is. It will mangle your transcript. You could possibly become a show title. It's happened numerous times before. So again, two five three two three seven three three two one. Tell us your best dirty joke. And uh, you can also sound off on any past refire topics we've had or anything else that you just want to talk about. And we play the voicemails during the refire segment. And there is, you know, only one more thing to do here. Well, there's, well, there's, well, there's a couple things. Of course, obviously, when you when you when you call, you know, make sure, you know, make sure. And also, when you're listening to the show, this is some this is some great advice from from Doctor Johnny Fever. 
So just sit right down, relax, open your ears real wide and say, give it to me straight, doctor. I can take it. That's right. We can take it. Yeah, but but we're not taking the following. We don't want your shit. Please don't send us your shit. And that's know, right. Be respectful if you give feedback. Otherwise, you get blocked. You get shamed. We might even send shit to your house. Literally. Well, I can, yeah, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about if that's happening. I don't know. Um, but I didn't uh, say I've done it. I said I would. Oh, you, you said you you said you would. Okay. Well, there you go. We, we've. Oh, did we have, did we get some new? Vo- oh, we're getting some voicemails. I'm glad people are calling. I in. love it when y'all call two five three two three seven three three two one and weigh in on the refire. It makes me happy. It gives us show content, and you don't have to listen to us ramble on as long. That's right, because we have a we, yeah. We, we so yeah, we've got some. We do have some voicemails, but I think we're also we also have some show content, and, and so I guess I should probably uh, we should probably start that. And I think that we, we should start the show officially. Yeah, with uh, probably. And I think because this is the first segment, this is the first clip we play. Don't want to sound like a dick or nothing, but uh, it says on your chart that you're fucked up. Uh, you talk like a fag, and your shit's all retarded. Yeah. So you know, yeah, like that. You know that. You know that machine in 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 um, in in, in, uh, in idiocracy where the uh, where you know he he has to stick his stick the thing in his butt. You know, stick this in your butt. Okay, which one is which? Right? They don't. He doesn't know. Yeah. Um, well, apparently this is the, the, the you know this may not be science fiction. You might be able to uh, measure glucose using saliva. As opposed to, well, a finger prick or something like that. So they, there's a there's a prototype sensor that measures glucose levels in saliva that could eventually offer a simple, rapid, and painless way for people to monitor their diabetes according to the cost researchers behind the technology. That would be really cool because anyone who's ever had to do a finger stick to establish their blood sugar level knows that it just sucks. Yeah. Um, and it could be, yeah, because, you know, it would be, it would certainly be more convenient aside from traditional finger prick or continuous glucose monitors, right? Um, it, it, which, and, 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 it, and if you could actually do it through saliva, yeah, it would be, it would be, uh, it would be correlated to blood glucose levels, hopefully, but, but glucose concentrations are much lower in saliva than in blood, which has made it difficult to measure accurately without sophisticated laboratory equipment. Now, the cost team has, has created a highly sensitive glucose detector based on a thin film transistor. These small, lightweight, and low-power devices could be suitable for mass production as inexpensive disposable sensors, says team member Abhinav Sharma. An easy-to-use non-invasive glucose measuring device using saliva as a medium could be life-changing for millions of patients worldwide. Uh, Of course, an Apple Watch that did it would be good, too. Everybody's been... Everybody's been screaming for one of those. Yeah, because I'm going to end up buying a new Apple Watch here at some point, and and yeah, that would be nice if they had it, but but I don't know that that i haven't anyway i've been listening for a year and a half to this man talk about how he wants a new apple watch if santa does not bring him an apple watch this year i'm gonna well there you go but now with this with this anyway with this uh, thing they found they were able to correctly measure a wide range of glucose concentrations in less than one minute now crucially the sensor was not foiled by other molecules in saliva including sugar derivatives such as fructose and sucrose although the sensitivity of the device declined or declined over time it still offered good performance after being stored for two weeks at room temperature um, and the team is now developing an array of transistor sensors that could simultaneously detect multiple metabolites in saliva. The development of portable sensor arrays can be integrated with a smartphone as a potential future direction for research. 
Yeah. Great. More apps on your smartphone. Yeah. Well, we don't need more. Yeah. If anything, I, I need less. Something else we might need less of is pink slime. It seems to be returning to our food, according to a viral TikTok video exposing disturbing production of sliced ham. Well, we just covered this when we talked about meat glue, yeah, that's which r- I'm pretty sure is what the pink slime is. Exactly. So by now, Americans should be aware that at some point they've unknowingly chowed down on pink slime meat. This culinary horror first rocked the pages of the New York Times in 2009 and several other sites in recent years. And our friends at Zero Hedge, where I pulled this story, have covered this in stories titled The Return of Pink Slime. And is there meat glue in your food? Actually, I think we covered that one. And American fast food chains use seaweed, seaweed, soy, and even wood to beef up menu items. Now, a study published in 2022 in the British Medical Journal, otherwise known as the BMJ, found processed and ultra-processed meats such as ham, bacon, salami, hot dogs, beef jerky, and corned beef can significantly increase men's risk of colorectal cancer and other diseases and even increase early death in both men and women. Now, I would like to point something out. I have a problem, if, if I may, please. The only food in that entire list that does not contain sugar... Is the bacon, depending on the curing, because I'm not even going to make a bold statement and say the bacon doesn't have sugar in it because of the fact that unless you buy the stuff we buy that is completely not cured with any sugar at all, you can't be assured that it doesn't have sugar in it. Exactly. So I'm not necessarily surprised about any of that, any of those foods increasing the risk for colorectal cancer which by the way the whole reason i have a tattoo on my arm of a celtic knot is in honor of my friend who passed away from colorectal cancer yeah well but uh it is but see what's the the process yeah the processed meats the reason is it's not the meat that's bad it's the processing right all the shit that they do it's yeah the, it's the meat glue it's all the it's all the shit in their bacon itself Bacon itself, if it's done properly, is perfectly fucking healthy. It's my favorite breakfast cereal. Bre- bacon and eggs, man. It's That stuff's much more much healthier than the rest of that shit. Yeah. Completely the, more yes. healthy, man. Yeah. I love how they throw bacon in, in, in it's like it's anyway. Well, they're always trying to vilify bacon. Have you ever noticed that? They absolutely can't help but to make it seem like bacon is the fucking plague. And it, I'm surprised they haven't done the same with bacon as they have with cigarettes, where they charge outrageous prices because they don't want you. No, don't you. give them any fucking ideas. No, honey. I know. There's a there's a reason there's a reason we go buy our meat from our local folks. Um, yes, you know, we do. Which we which uh, yeah, that there's a reason we do that. And yeah, the, we we bought more of that today. But anyway, that's a that's that's for that that's for the toast and jam segment. Um, so now we found that men, um, yeah. So, so we found that men in the highest quintile of ultra-processed food consumption, compared to those in the lowest quintile, had a 29% higher risk of developing colorectal cancer. S- stated co-senior Arthur Fang Fang Zhang, a leading cancer epidemi- ep- epide- epidemiologist and at the head of the Nutrition Epidemiology and and Data Science Division of Tufts University Friedman School of Nutrition Science and Policy in Boston. Yes. Now the effects of ultra-processed foods are pretty obvious. Look at the American people. Uh, morbidly obese and full of health problems. Knowing the health ramifications of the chemicals mega corporations put in the food should be a national priority, but it's not. Well, because those people are funding the government to a degree, I guess. Now, while we don't want to spoil dinner, the latest viral video of pink slime was posted on TikTok, and it shows what appears to be a ham operation, and over 20,000 users weighed in on this video, with the vast majority expressing concern about the country's food supply and speculating on how the chemicals and processed foods might be harming them. Well, no shit, Sherlock. 
These fucking idiots just woke up to this. Congratulations. Welcome to the 20th century. A few more things you might like to be aware of. Podcasting, donations, common sense. Yeah, well, we know we know we don't get we don't get too much uh, common sense anymore. That's for damn sure. Now, no, but I hold out hope. Yeah. Now, it may be time for some folks to realize their health problems are partially due to diet. Now, break the food matrix. Find a local farm and source food locally or better grow your own food. Now, I wish we could do that, but unfortunately, uh, living in a condo has its challenges, I guess. Once but- you're done paying extortion to that ungrateful sack of shit, we can get a house and do so. Yeah. Uh, but it, so, yeah, this is why we eat the way we eat, because we want to know what's in our food. I think it's I think it's a perfectly reasonable thing in question to ask. What is it I'm eating? Right. And honestly, I have to say, a lot of the people that I talk about when they ask about what the Lotus Effect is, because I have the stickers on the back headrests of the car, I tell you know I tell them literally about the tagline, you know, health, happiness, and the pursuit of a higher consciousness, and I tell them in the health thing where I describe the fact that we talk about eating clean and living clean and how there's sugar hiding in your food, and I just depending on the way the conversation is directing depends on exactly what I give them for information. But on the whole, I tell them a lot about things they didn't know, like sugar being in cigarettes and 111 different names for it and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, because it's not just the show. I'm not just doing this into a microphone for, you know, white trash fame. I literally believe in what we're doing. And that we can heal ourselves. And I want as many people as possible to understand that the way you eat affects everything in your life, from your brain chemistry to the way your body feels and reacts, the way you heal. There's just such a plethora of fixing your diet and taking all of the nefarious crap out of it that can benefit you. So... I tell people about it all the time. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, just, yeah, and yeah, don't worry, of course, big corporations will solve the fat crisis with newly created miracle fat drug. Yeah, well, we already know how that's going out. Now, but why aren't the, uh, you know, you know why, why aren't the, uh, the ESG folks going after companies producing processed and other junk foods? Well, maybe because uh, those, uh, you know, the ESGers are not necessarily, you know, they're not necessarily looking after you. They're, they're, they're pushing a different agenda, right? That they're not, you know, yeah, it's, it's like the healthcare system. They don't, they don't, they're, it's not about your health and they don't fucking care. So, you know, there's all that. I say that at least several times a week. That's right. Well, now what you probably, this, here, here's a reason you probably want to get, if you're on medications, there's a reason you might want to get off of them. Uh, they can cause dehydration. I know that's a small thing, but um, it's, it's important to realize that, you know, water is one of those things that you got to kind of have, right? Um, things don't live. It's, it's, it's why there was a dust bowl in idiocracy they, because they started, because they started watering their crops as fucking Brondo, you know, water is a very basic thing that everybody needs. Um, but, uh, anyway, so, but, uh, common medications that people take can cause dehydration due to the medication's ability to affect kidney function and electrolyte balance, as well as side effects they may cause, such as nausea and diarrhea. Now, while some medications can cause dehydration, the following are some of the most common, right? Uh, so we talk about blood pressure medications, uh, ACE inhibitors, uh, such as lisinopril and ramipril. And I, I took lisinopril at one point. I actually have, that's actually listed as an allergy in my thing because it makes me cough. So, um, and uh, and and ABRs, uh, antiotensin two receptor blockers such as losartan, valsartan, and ibesartan can cause dehydration if a person is taking them doesn't drink enough water. Um, 
Now, I know your mom had made, made some comment about the fact that she's drinking a lot more water lately. I'm not they, sure. It says on the medication bottle to make sure that you're well hydrated when you take certain medications. I don't know how many people actually read those little stickers that they put on the medical bottles, but I'm pretty sure that they are on there to say, you know, take with food, take with milk, don't directly expose yourself to sunlight. There's a plethora of them. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, just... Yeah, so it's, you know, in some cases, uh, ACE inhibitors can cause abdominal pain and watery diarrhea. Yeah, the, I'm sure that sure that's a thing. I, I was getting, I, you know, I was having diarrhea a lot before I cleaned up my diet and while I was taking all those meds. Was it all the meds that I was taking? Was it the, was it the aspartame? Although I've, I've found, I've since figured out that aspartame will cause this problem for me. So... Yeah, that's why I don't consume it, even even though it's, yeah, and that's probably, not, and that's not a great thing to be consuming anything. It's worse than sugar as far as that goes. Um, but, um, you know, so another thing to keep in mind is that ACE inhibitors and, ABR, and our ARBs can interfere with the blood flow through the kidneys, affecting its ability to filter blood and remove toxins. Yeah, that's kind of important. Uh, diet- yeah, it's only, you know, necessary for life because if those toxins build up or your blood isn't able to be filtered naturally, then you end up having to be on dialysis and you ultimately fucking die. Yeah. Now, meanwhile, diabetes medications such as metformin, I, I used to take that, canaglifosin and enthaglifosin, otherwise known as jardiance, can cause dehydration due to the following. Uh, so, um, now that I didn't actually take that. So, But metformin has common side effects of upset stomach and diarrhea. If, if left untreated, persistent diarrhea caused by metformin and can lead to dehydration. Duh. Where do you think all that liquid is coming from? It's coming from yeah. inside your body. Eventually, your body depletes and you become dehydrated, and that can be life-threatening. Yeah. And that's actually... And, and, and so... And this is actually... Um, you know, what, what, what's... Yeah, what's bad about... The, yeah, and I know, like, my actually, my ex had problems with taking metformin. She has to do, like, the extended release variety of, of it because it, uh, it, it, it... Well, because it causes that problem for her, Right. But, uh, Considering she's a big wheezing sack of shit, I'm not surprised. Yeah, um, yeah, and here's here's a great one. Ep- epiglyphosin and canaglyphosin are known as SGLT2 inhibitors, uh, which and they work by preventing the kidneys from reabsorbing the blood glucose that is being filtered, which causes glucose to be excreted through the urine. Oh, that great! That yeah, that's there's where you get that sweet smell in your urine. Water is used to process sugar, and the body pulls water to wherever it's located. Yeah, if you've ever noticed. If you eat something really sweet, if you are at all metabolically damaged, you will increase your output of urine because the body is filtering all that extra sugar out through the kidneys if you are taking a diabetes medication. I know this for a fact because been there, done that before I realized what the hell had made me diabetic. Truly, I was taking these medications and wondering, and even now, like if I eat something sweet, which is very rare, I do fall off the wagon occasionally, I admit to it. But if I eat something sweet, I will end up having to pee more often. And I mean, that's a good thing in so much as it shows me that my body has healed itself to not need medications in order to get rid of the excess sugar in my system. But it's also bad because I shouldn't be eating that shit. No. Yes. And, and I don't know. I don't know that methformin is probably not a drug you should take. And, and I'm going to play this little PSA just to remind you as to why. Out you don't of my do face. It. Get these bugs oh, all out of my place. One more hit. No time to waste. Oh, meth. Oh, meth. Yes, this this is an actual. That is an actual. By the what way, what the fuck is that? That was an actual ad, by the way. 
that uh, that they aired in the uh, probably in the eighties or nineties. Apparently, it didn't work because the epidemic of meth right now is even worse than yes. it ever was. Yes. So th- I didn't play the entire thing, but anyway, that that is uh, yes. You play the yeah, anti meth PSA. Mm, meth. Yes. It's, it it kind of glorified it. I'm like, God, where do I sign up for this shit? <laughs> You know, it's, it's, it had the opposite effect. That's probably ads like that probably do have the opposite effect. I would never, I would be. Uh, no, I've actually seen what someone who's on meth looks like, and it's. I'm sure I know it's. Not I good. would never yeah. want to experience the inability. I mean, come on, you're you're hyper enough as it is. You don't need something that's going to make you not be able to sit still. Can you imagine Phone Boy on meth? He would never shut the fuck up. I already, I, I already, like, I already <laughs> never shut the fuck up anyway. It's you know it's the thing. Well, there is one thing that makes you shut the fuck up, but we'll talk about that in the after 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 party. That's right. Uh, so uh, there are also diuretics, yeah, that, which are water pills. Uh, they are sometimes used to uh, treat high blood pressure and, and heart failure, liver failure, tissue swelling, and kidney disorders. So yeah, that's you know something that is uh, you know again uh, flushing your system a bit. Um, you know, chemotherapy uh, can uh, can certainly cause nausea and vomiting, which can result in dehydration. So you know, then and sometimes people on chemotherapy just don't drink enough water because because of pain and fatigue and that kind of thing. Well, again. <clears throat> We've said it a hundred times. We'll say it a hundred more. Cancer feeds on sugar. That's right. Take the sugar away, you starve the cancer. Because remember, it's not the cancer that kills you. It's the chemotherapy. Yes. Laxatives. Uh, over-the-counter laxatives commonly used to alleviate the occasional constipation, such as Dulcolax, Miralax. I used to actually have to give that to my kids, if you can believe that. Um, and milk of magnesia can cause dehydration because they soften the stool by pulling water from other parts of the body to the colon, which allows the bowel movement to pass more easily and less painfully. Now... Should you drink more water when taking medications to avoid dehydration? Now, generally, yeah, it's a good idea. Now, it's interesting that this article suggests if you're exercising or working outdoors in high heat, your best bet for hydrating is drinking water with a pinch of salt. Actually, Vinny Tortorich does that. He puts his uh, he, he puts his uh, uh, he puts his salt tablets from Pure Vitamin Club. He actually breaks them apart and puts them in and puts them in like a you know thing of water and drinks that, and that and works really well. Um, now, of course, you do have to be careful about consuming too much water, and that might be a bad thing for some people in some, uh, you know, certainly, too much water can kill you, so don't, I mean, don't overdrink it, but certainly, you know. Yeah, you literally can saturate your tissues and essentially drown. It's very interesting. But you know what else is interesting? That the extreme dietary habits for carbohydrates and fats affect life expectancy. Who knew? Duh. So a new study published in the Journal of Nutrition suggests that extreme dietary habits, including carbohydrates and fats, affect life expectancy. Researchers from Nagoya University Graduate School of Medicine in Japan, led by Dr. Takashi Tamura, found that a low-carb intake in men and a high-carb intake in women are associated with a higher risk of all-cause and cancer-related mortality, and that women with higher fat intake may have a lower risk of all-cause mortality. We're always talking about the fact fat is not the enemy. This basically proves that. No, well, actually, no. You're misreading this. Actually, this is this is it's, it's so. What this is saying is okay. What the article what the article ultimately said. You know what, what the article says, and this is and I'll, so now the now. Okay, how do you misunderstand that it says that women with a higher fat intake have a lower risk of all cause mortality? Or, I think how I do mis- you misread that? Okay, I was there, there's some stuff in here that says that there's some confusing stuff in here, and that's why I kind of. I, I flagged this, and then I saw how the study was done, and I went, oh. 
Okay, so, but I'm not wrong that yeah. it says eating more yeah. fat causes yeah. less ha- all-cause mortality. However, that was all the, I was saying. Yeah, you're, and, you're, and you're correct. However, I think with the article... Can you do this article better? Well, maybe I can. Now, the, the, well, now, I'll invite you to do that then. Yeah. Now, the findings suggest that people should pursue a balanced diet rather than heavily restricting their carbohydrate or fat intake. Now... There, here, the reality is you're never going to, you know, people talk about going zero carb. It's actually not possible to go zero carb. It is, it is so difficult to, even, even when you consume, you know, as minimal carbohydrates as possible, there's still some, right? Even eggs you know, have carbohydrates in them to, you know, to a small degree. Um, so it, the, what I, th- you know, in some cases it might not be, you know, going one extreme or the other may not be good for you. And they you know, what they're, what, of course, what they're trying to say is, is that you should eat everything in moderation, which of course we know is bullshit, but, uh, you know, and you, you get, it's it's a sliding scale though. Now, while low carbohydrate and low fat diets are becoming popular as a way to promote weight loss and improve blood glucose levels, their long term effects on life expectancy are less clear. Interestingly, recent studies conducted in Western countries suggest that extreme dietary habits for carbohydrate and fats are associated with a higher risk of mortality. This is what I was getting to. However, few studies have explored these associations in East Asian populations, including the Japanese individuals who typically have relatively low-fat and high-carbohydrate dietary intakes. Now, the authors conducted a follow-up survey over a period of nine years with 81,333 Japanese people, so 34,893 men, 46,440 women, to evaluate the association between carbohydrates and fat intakes and the risk of mortality. Daily intakes of carbohydrates, fat, and total energy were estimated estimated using a food frequency questionnaire and calculated as a percentage of total energy intake for carbohydrates and fats. And we can basically ignore yeah, this. Yeah, we can ignore the rest. Yeah, we can ignore the rest of this because food frequency questionnaires are bullshit, folks, because That's you're asking... right, because nobody's going to tell the truth about what the fuck well, they put in Well, nobody mom. can accurately remember what they ate either, right? I mean, I, I yeah, barely remember true. what I ate in a fucking day, much less uh, ask me what I eat in a, in a typical day, you know, t- you know, in, in 2023 when it's 2033, right? Yeah, it's... it's so Good th- point. It's, now there and, and now there's some there is some logic in saying okay you know you can't you, you can't go completely just all carb you can't go completely all fat you got to find that point in the you got to find that point where it works for you and some people do better with a lower amount of carbohydrates you know and and and, and, and it is hard to get it really low because again every you know some you know, a lot of foods that you that, you know have some amount a, a, like a trivial amount of carbohydrates but it adds up right so if you're trying to well, one of the other problems yeah. that exists is that people are so chained and married to checking with their doctors for everything that they do. And of course, we know doctors have little to no training in nutrition and the information that they're being given um, for most of them. Some of them, of course, are intelligent enough to have looked at the reality of what's going on and said, no, these dietary guidelines are bullshit. But the majority of them are touting the 75% carbohydrates and pushing the vegetables and pushing the grains and all of the shit you really should not be eating in a great quantity, they are thinking, oh, this is the little training I have. So this is what I'm going to vomit on you when you ask, should I do this or shouldn't I do that? And because if you go to your doctor and say, doc, I'm thinking about increasing my protein, decreasing my carbohydrates or whatever it is that you're considering doing, Unless it goes along with the faux guidelines that the FDA has put out, 
you're not going to get quality medical advice on what you should or shouldn't do unless you have a doctor that's not a pharma shill and bought and paid for by big pharma. Yeah, this is something we still need to address with your with your mom, of course, is, is doctors, which is a different that's a different topic, right? Um, but uh, now, one thing we do know is that that uh, that uh, is we know smoking's bad. I think it's pretty. I mean, we're talking about we're talking about cigarettes here, especially the American, uh, you know, the the especially the American blended tobacco cigarettes that that, that are very popular and most people smoke it. We we so we we know generally that smoking is unhealthy. Now, cigarette packets display shocking picture warnings of diseased lungs and rotting teeth. It's, you know, like well, not in this country, but they do in Canada and some other places. And we often hear in the media about how smoking can cause all sorts of cancer, but. Most of us probably do not know that smoking actually increases the risk of mental illness as well. Now, together with two colleagues from Canada, which is what I think this is uh, why this uh, this is why they're talking about the picture warnings of things because that's because the, because they have I know they have those in Canada. Um, Doug Speed from the Center for Quantitative uh, Genetics and Genomics at RS University has shown that smoking can lead to depression and bipolar disorder. Well, I just want to remind you that. Dr. Georgia Ede has been talking for a significant amount of time. She is a psychologist, psychiatrist, something like that. Psychiatrist, yeah. Yeah, about how what you eat affects your mental health. So this does not come as any surprise that cigarettes contribute to depression when you think about the sugar content in them. And it's, I'm pretty sure... That cigarettes are a depressant in and of themselves. Yeah. So I think, okay. So, and then, you know, smoking typically, okay. So the, although let's see, here we go. The numbers speak for themselves. Smoking does cause mental illness. Although it's not the only cause smoking increases the risk of being hospitalized with a mental illness by 250%. He says, um, now smoking typically comes before the mental illness. In fact, a long time before. On average, people from the data set began smoking at the age of 17, while they were typically not admitted to the hospital with a mental disorder until after the age of 30. Well, Okay, wait. I can actually weigh in on this. Okay. Because I know my mother started smoking probably around the age of 16-ish. Now, I could be wrong. It could have been before that. But I believe it was somewhere around the age of 16-ish. And I do know that in her 30s, she was hospitalized for uh, being depressed, suicidal, bipolar, things like that. So I find it interesting that this study has, even if it's from Canada, that it pinpointed that. I never thought about it, but maybe there is some merit to this. Yeah, there maybe there is. Um, so um, yeah, and, and yeah, they actually now they, the the data set they used for this, what based on health data from three hundred fifty thousand people from the UK Biobank, which means it's probably you know so it's they had a lot of data at least from you know particular for the UK population, but it's let's see what that is. But as they said, as many as ninety percent of the people in the data set who were still smokers or former smokers started before the age of twenty. The likelihood. Um, the likelihood that you will start smoking later in life is therefore quite small. And in fact, I think I remember my dad told me if you, um, if you, if you can, if you can get to the age of twenty-five without smoking, you're probably not going to start. So, um, you know, at least he, at least he, I think he actually did. Even you know, he he think he encouraged me not to do it, and not that I was necessarily interested in it because I didn't like how it smelled. And I didn't like when I tried when I tried cigarettes the first time. I didn't like it. Like fuck that. You know. I uh, see. All right, I guess it's a matter of the personality that you have, whether you have an addictive personality or not, because I have smoked on and off. I can literally smoke a carton of cigarettes over X amount of time and then not 
pick a cigarette back up for years or if all, you know, if, if at all, because it's been something that I do socially when I drink occasionally, but it's not like I have an addiction to them. It's not like I'm flipping out if I don't have my cigarettes and my lighter on me at every point in time. There's literally a pack of cigarettes in the studio that has been unopened for probably the entire time we've been here, or at least a very close amount of time. And I have absolutely no interest in it. And, you know, I know we talk about, you know, smoking the good herb and whatnot, but it's not something that I need. There's a lot of times when phone bill will be like, hey, do you want to test the Catholicism of the Pope? And I'll be like, no, I'm good. Because it's I, I don't have an addictive personality. However, I managed to be that fortunate. There's nothing in my life that I'm so addicted to that I cannot live without it. Well, except for maybe phone boy. <laughs> yeah, well I, well, I don't know. what. Uh, yeah, well, I, here I am. But uh, uh, let's see. Now, statistically, smoking seems to cause mental disorders such as depression, bipolar disorder, and schizophrenia. However, Doug Speed and his colleagues have no explanation as to why. Only a number of theories. Um, now, what is inter- what they do know is that when you smoke a single cigarette, nicotine activates the production of serotonin in the brain. Among other things, this is what makes you feel relaxed after smoking. But if you continue to smoke, nicotine will have the opposite effect. Instead, it will inhibit the serotonin, which can make you anxious, upset, and, and, and unstable. Um, I think it's one of these things that, uh, it, it really depends, you know, there, it, it's, it, it's like an associational thing. I don't think one causes the other. I think it is just, yes, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe there's something, again, it would, it would make sense that there are people that are looking for that hit, right. For other reasons would be using, would, might be using smoking to try to, uh, to make themselves feel better. It's self-medication in a sense. It's much like, you know, drinking, sorry, Bemrose, um, you know, are you whiskey shaming him? No, I'm all out calling his ass out. Yeah, well, here, I, I, you I, know, I, I've got a white. That's I've got a white. I think whiskey shaming is a great. That's show what I was title. trying to. That's what I was trying to do was write it down. Yes, um, but no, think about it. Okay, what's the main reason that people smoke, drink, use substances? It's because there's something that they want to alter their emotions on. Doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't matter what it is. Yeah, now what is uh, what what might matter is if you're taking Ozempic that it can affect you at any age, right? And this is a uh, and this and this is a, this is one of these. Um, I don't know. I kind of I, I pulled this article and it's almost a dishonorable mention in a sense. Uh, as GLP one and agonists like Ozempic and Wegovy become more and more popular to aid with weight loss, people are wondering if the medication is safe for all age groups. Now it's important to remember that the effects of any medication can vary very widely among individuals, regardless of age, says uh, Dr. Stephen Batash, a uh, uh, gastroenterologist and leading physician at the Batash Endoscopic Weight Loss Center. Um, now, factors such as overall health, other medical conditions, allergies, lifestyles, factors, medications, and individual responses can influence how drugs like Ozempic and Wegovy affect different age demographics. Now, of course, the the article just you know just lists the normal side effects that we've kept talking about and but every person has to be evaluated individually now these are prescription medications and and you know should be taken under the supervision of a qualified physician i don't know if there's any qualified physicians anymore but well not in reality i mean yeah you have a degree on your wall that says you spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to gain all of this tainted knowledge but other than that yeah tainted knowledge is right um now 
to follow up with the you know is, is that here's how much more Ozempic costs in the U.S. because because you know we we gotta we gotta uh, screw our own citizens here. So well, uh, but wait a minute. I just have to say this is a real water is wet situation because most all of the drugs and medications in this country are much more expensive than they are in other countries. This is true, but so but I'll give you some examples from the from this uh, from this story here. Um, so. Um, so in its report, health policy organization KFF found that the average list price for these and similar drugs, we're talking about Wegovy and Ozempic uh, and similar drugs, is roughly $1,000 per month, several times higher than in other countries. And, and this costs, this comes, you know, as rising costs are driving some insurers and employers to halt coverage of these treatments called GLP-1 agonists, which are generally taken for a long time. Now, um, now the KFF used website searches to compare list prices for four weekly shots or a 30-day supply of anti-obesity medications. Now, prices and other currencies were converted to U.S. dollars. So, for example, a month-long supply of Novo Nordisk's diabetes drug Ozempic has an average list price of $936 in the U.S., reports KFF, and this is more than five times higher than the next highest list price of $169 in Japan. Now, other countries have even lower prices for Ozempic. For example, $93 in the UK, $87 in Australia, and $83 in France. In the US, Ozempic is approved for treatment of type 2 diabetes, but some doctors prescribe it off-label for obesity. Well, because people are wanting it. Um, Novo Nordisk's Wegovy, which uses the same active ingredient, uh, semaglutide, as an average, has an average U.S. list price of $1,349, more than four times higher than Germany's $328 list price. Similar differences in list prices were seen with Eli Lilly's diabetes drug Manjaro, which is prescribed off-label for weight loss, and Novo Nordisk's oral diabetes treatment Rebelsis. Sounds like a fucking drug ad to me is what that, what that is. Massive drug ad. It was probably even sponsored by a drug company or Pfizer. Oh, wait. Pfizer still poses as a drug company, don't they? Yeah. Well, yeah. Brought to you by Pfizer. Uh, so... Now, meanwhile, I think this is this is this was this to me was kind of a no shit Sherlock thing. Even a small decrease in plaque levels can drop heart attack risk by twenty five percent. That's that's actually yeah, that's where the heart attacks come from is the plaque buildup and then it bursts and then you know and it goes into the heart and bad shit happens, right? So, a new study finds that reducing fatty deposits of cholesterol called arterial plaque, even by as little as one percent, can lead to a major reduction in the risk of having a heart attack or stroke. This is the conclusion of a large meta analysis published. Wednesday in JAMA Cardiology. In the review, researchers looked at 23 prior studies published between 2001 and 2022 to assess the association between changes in the amount of plaque blockage in the artery and major adverse cardiovascular events, primarily heart attack and stroke. Now, the team looked at differences in um, atheroma volume, which is the percentage of blockage of an artery by plaque. This is uh, uh, the review included over 7,400 patients in a variety of different lipid lowering therapy drugs such as statins and P PCSK9 inhibitors. Now, the researchers found that by lowering plaque levels just by 1% was associated with up to a 25% reduction in the odds of a major adverse cardiovascular event occurring. You know how you, know how you can uh, reduce your, your, your arterial plaque naturally? Stop eating sugar and hot fresh garbage. That's right. Um, and in fact, I mean, there's this is not. I don't think they've done any formal studies on it. But people have reported, for example, we talk about a calcium uh, score for your heart, right? If your doctor, uh, if your doctor, also known as an Agnuson score. Yeah, Agnuson score. Yeah, because it's Arthur Agnuson that was the doctor who came up with it. Um, so. 
But you, but if that, if you get a zero on that test, that means you've got no plaque, and that means your 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 risk of it, you know, your ten year risk for a heart attack is exceptionally low, right? But now people have gotten a high score, and that actually, um, uh, Ivor Cummins did, uh, did a um, um, he 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 worked on a. Um, I think I think he called it. I think it was a it was a um, documentary called Extra Time, and they took all these Irish football stars, right? That you know you would think that you know they were you know they were uh, you know, back in the day they were they were you know they were they were obviously athletes, but obviously over time they've uh, they've consumed the normal diet, and, and they had this. Uh, um, they actually had they had a uh, or they they had their uh, you know the calcium scores checked. Right? So basically, you were saying is they retired and got fat. Yeah, it's kind of what happened, right? Or they, or at least, or they got unhealthy. Even if they were, you know, they looked like they were, un, they they looked like they might have been healthy. They they weren't, and and that, and and so they actually, um, and they got they had their calcium scores done, and they said, okay, they're, they're, the the calcium scores are what they are, and so then the, and so then they actually, you know, tried to actually reverse that. Um, the, 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 the numbers, right? So instead of, cause yeah, if you're getting, if you have a, if you get a calcium score of like 500, yeah, that's not good folks. Um, that's where, that's where actually a statin might be a good idea to take, right? But you can actually, um, but yes, apparently if you, if you eat the way we're, that we're supposed to eat, right? So, so, you know, with, you know, without excess sugar, grains, seed oils, and, and so on. Yeah. You can actually reverse those numbers. You can, and, and that actually, and, and yes, that we, that, you know, the, you know, the, the, the calcium score is one of the few ways to know if you've got a real problem or not, right? It, it's, it's pretty obvious. If you got zero, you're probably okay from, you know, from, from a heart attack kind of thing. But if it's, if, you know, obviously the more you've got, the better it is possible to reverse these numbers so i now, depending on your doctor when you request one of these he he she it may offer pushback because i know when my mother asked for that test to be run he sent her for something completely unrelated and really pissed me off about that yeah, um, but which is why we're changing doctors. That's right. Well, that and we've also moved her. You know, we've moved her away. And there so, is that. Yeah, there's that. So, but but yes, yeah, so this is something we're going to have to contend with. I assume uh, with the doctors around here. Now, um, one thing we, you you and I aren't going to have to contend with, but people but but people on Amazon. This is I, I pulled this story because, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe yeah. This this is this is this is in the uh, just more Chineseium department. Now, mushroom pickers are urged to avoid forging books on Amazon that appear to be written by AI. I'm sorry, you know how much I love AI, so this story touches me. That's a re there's a, that's the reason I pulled it. Now, amateur mushroom pickers have been urged to avoid foraging books sold on Amazon that appear to have been written by an artificial intelligent chatbot. Now, I have a question about this. How does an AI bot write a book? I'm a little confused, so please tell us. Yeah, well, uh, well, uh, you can actually, you can, you can actually ask it to do it. Uh, this is, I mean, this Chat GPT has that capability. You can say write a, you can, you can say write a book about you know mushrooms or something. And so, how the hell does it get on Amazon if that's the case? Well, somebody obviously submitted it, but that's a. So yes, now let me. I'll continue with the story. Now, four samples from the books were examined for the Guardian, where I pulled the story by Originality.ai, a U.S. firm that detects AI content. The company said that every sample had a rating of 100% on its AI detection score, meaning that its systems uh, are highly confident that the books were written by a chatbot such as ChatGPT. Now, examples of prose from the books include the following: the sweet smell of fresh cooked mushrooms wafted through the air, bringing back fond memories of my mother. Uh, and foraging for wild mushrooms is a deeply rewarding experience that connects us with nature's abundance and the rich tapestry of flowers that the earth provides. 
That sounds definitely like AI. Yes. The other books tested by Originality.ai were Wild Mushroom Cookbook, a beginner's guide to learning the basics of cooking with wild mushrooms for health and flavor, complete with easy-to-follow recipes. Uh, oh, do we need to talk about the Savy Bot that was making ant poison and glue sandwiches? Exactly. Wild Mushroom Cookbook, unlock the delicious secrets of nature's most f- flavorful fungi. The Guardian has attempted to contact the author's name on the books. Now, Leon Fry, a foraging guide and field my mycologist at Cornwall family or Cornwall based family foraging kitchen, which organizes foraging field trips said the samples he had seen contained serious flaws, such as referring to smell and taste as an identifying feature. This seems to encourage tasting as a method of identification. This should absolutely not be the case. He said some wild mushrooms like the highly poisonous death cap, which can be mistaken for edible varieties are toxic. Why would you ever eat something without knowing definitively what the hell it is there's a reason why when i found the chicken of the woods mushroom when we were on our little hike one day i immediately well first of all i have a mushroom identifier app on my phone i'm ashamed to say but as soon as it identified like hey this is a chicken of the woods i went and looked that shit up i wasn't just gonna be like "Ooh, yum let me pick this and possibly die yes um Let's see. Uh, Fry said that one of the books refers to the lion's mane fungus, which is edible but protected species in the UK and should not be picked. I would recommend choosing books from reputable sources, he added. Yeah, Uh, we actually, Mom, drinks a mushroom tea that has lion's mane in it, and we've purchased uh, mushroom chocolate bars that have lion's mane in it, as well as another couple of mushrooms that are supposed to have healing and mood-elevating properties, although they have no psilocybin in them, sadly. Yeah, however, they do seem to be helping her breathe better, which is... A, which is a, which is a, which is why we just spent another $25 to get her more tea. That's right. Um, although that what we what we got her the first time is still... You can barely see that anything's come out of it, because we're putting like an eighth of a teaspoon in, um, you know, in, 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 a, in, a, in a tea strainer. So, um, so Fry said that... What, yeah, um, let's see. Now, Professor Myron Smith, a fungi specialist at, at Carleton University in Canada, said the books were totally irresponsible. He said some of the differences between edibles and non-edibles are very subtle, and it really takes an experienced eye and knowledge to discriminate between them. Yeah, so don't be picking mushrooms. Um, you know, they, you know that you you know be careful when you, you know, with mushrooms, right? In, in yeah. more ways than one. Seriously, just look and see what this thing is. That, like I said, I have an app on my phone that identifies what the mushroom is, and it will tell you if it's toxic, if it's edible, if it is toxic or edible. It'll give you more specifics. Like on the Chicken of the Woods one, it said, you know, it it has the propentance to cause tummy irritation because of the sulfur content in it. And yet there's a guy at the farmer's market who are selling these and has said that they are perfectly safe to eat. And it does, however, this is interesting. It says that it might cause stomach upset. But it also says that, hey, this chicken of the woods has been known to taste like fried chicken. Like, okay, I, I didn't pick the mushroom. I have not purchased any of these mushrooms. I'm not sure I trust enough that this thing isn't going to give me the Shiites or anyone else a stomach irritation. So I'm just passing on that. But truly, if you're a wild mushroom forager, just make sure that you know what you're picking and consuming and Definitely do not go on Amazon 
and look for a book to tell you how to cook these things because it could be written by a bot. Yeah, well, I was going to say, you think there's a lot of shit on the internet now, just wait till wait till the AI starts spewing shit out. Now, um, something else, uh, but yeah, but we should, uh, I, think we, I think we need to move on to the next section of our, uh, of our little uh, show here. The key to life is a penis in your asshole. Okay. Meanwhile, um, not everything in the Pacific Northwest is is, is uh, terrible and bad. Uh, so the Bemroses live up there, of course. So so and we know Sharky lives up there. We know we, I know I know several No Agenda producers up there. But uh, we we can we can add this five year old uh, boy who's who, who uh, got a lemonade stand in, in in Seattle and he raised over seventeen thousand dollars for victims of Maui wildfires. You know, the the young boy in Seattle is showing that there's no barrier to entry for disaster relief. That all it takes is a willing heart. A hot summer day. Uh, uh, are hot summer days a thing in Seattle? I'm pretty sure that, that, that those are pretty rare, having lived up there. Uh, and some ice-cold lemonade. Now, having recently returned from a family vacation on the Big Island, Ami Jewel and her husband were watching the devastation of the Lahaina fires on television when their son, Edison, asked them to turn it off because it was too sad. They didn't realize the five-year-old could become so emotionally connected to an abstraction so far away and seen only on television. So they decided to take the time to make a life lesson out of it and explain what had happened to the famous Maui town. Edison immediately wanted to help and suggested setting up a lemonade stand like he saw once in Colorado. Uh, Amy and Edison's father thought it was a great idea. So, and so stocked up on pink and yellow lemonade, ice cream sandwiches, candy, sparkling water, and popsicles. The hard opening came last Saturday on a busy Seattle street where the response was absolutely prolific, stunning the family. Even though the lemonade sold for a dollar per cup, drivers regularly paid with five, 10 or 20 bills with instructions to donate the change. Most people were like, this is so cool. What a great idea. We've been looking for ways to help. We felt so helpless and didn't know where to donate. Amy with USA or Amy said with USA Today, a lot of the people came by and stopped and told us like their story of a trip to Hawaii or some connection they had to the island. Now, Amy took the idea a bit uh, further and set up uh, ways to donate online and she made her husband even got their corporate jobs to match whatever was made from selling lemonade. After a week's worth of sales, Amy and Edison had $17,000 to send to Lahaina. That's not bad. That's beautiful. That's yeah, true. Seventy three degrees is a hot day in Seattle, where that's like that's like a typical morning in the summer in the in the in the, uh, in the south. Holy crap! Yeah, I was gonna say like the thank, overnight low. <laughs> thank goodness, thank the universe for fall because the temperatures are starting to decrease just slightly, and it makes it a little more bearable at night when we want to open the balcony door and enjoy some of the songs of the outside critters. We're not desperately dying from the humidity. Well, that that one we're smoking up here. We you know it's someplace for. I was to trying go. to take the high road, phone boy. Like seriously, don't you always take the high road? I mean, that's why we do this, right? Oh, but um, yeah. Now. There are thirteen. Okay, so this this is this this falls under the hate uh, the hate read category. We're gonna we're gonna this is because we this this is one of these listicle articles that we said we wouldn't cover. I thought cover. you were not gonna cover this article. I N- thought you literally were just reading it for fun the other no, night. No, no, no. We're gonna do this on the air because I think that because because I think this is th- th- there's a this is a hate re- this is from the hate read department. We're gonna compare our exes to what these folks say about the thirteen warning signs that your girlfriend isn't sexually attracted to you. Pay very close attention. Well, let's see. Number one, she no longer flirts with you. 
I don't think Did she flirt with you to begin with? Probably not. Not very much. That's for sure. Uh, you can't get her alone. Why I, would you want to? Well, that, there's that too. Um, sex is over in a flash. Did sex Sounds even happen? Sounds like a year problem. Yeah. Uh, that was, yeah, that was, anyway, that was, that was her problem, I guess. Uh, she'd rather fly solo. Well, we never talked about it, but uh, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, she did like to fly solo because, yeah, that's about the only way she'd get anything. Uh, well, she, no, she would have to fly solo considering the fact she needed three fucking seats yeah that's uh, she'd yeah headaches and other excuses yeah you can't right, like, I gotta know, like, like you ever... can't find it because she's what? so big oh like roller and flower and look for the wet spot slap the fine line and ride the wave got it yes uh you're the captain of the sex ship yeah yeah what the fuck is that what yeah, that she's that she doesn't get to drive. That, that you're not asking for. It. Well, when you keep telling me no, you don't get you what? don't get asked. Okay, hold up. Anybody who's in a relationship, married, whatever, like, help me out here. Do you actually have to ask your partner? Is it like, hey, babe, you want to do the naughty? Hey, um, how's five o'clock to knock boots and mash our naughty bits together? Who the fuck is asking? You just kind of like come together and you snuggle and you smooch and things go from there. Or maybe you put on a little racy media, you know, nudge, nudge. Bow, chicka, wow, wow. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Who the fuck asks for sex? I don't think I've ever walked up to a partner. Well, okay, scratch that. Etch a sketch. I don't think I've ever walked up to you and been like, hey, phone boy, want to fuck? Like, there's never an ask. It's just a thing that happens because you care and you love the person that you're with. This blew my mind. Yes. Okay, well, it's a friend romance, not a romance. Uh, I don't even think we were friends, so okay. That, that, so She flirts with others, not you. Well, she probably did that. I, 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 didn't, I didn't want to spend any time with her, so if she flirted with other people, maybe she did. I don't know. She, um, you know dates get shorter and infrequent. Uh, what dates? She picks you apart all the fucking time. Uh, if we were, yeah, she did. Yeah, she's more. She's more off than last week's lasagna. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, exactly. She's asleep before you get to bed. Or you how didn't about even you? share a bed? We didn't even share a bed. So you can see it in her body language. Yeah. You oh can, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah, and I think I think I can go back to the fact that this is that yeah that, that she that she is she wasn't into me at all. She wanted me. The only thing she wanted for me was my fucking money. So. And your baby gravy originally. Yes. Well, that, yeah, well, you know, now, yeah, she, and now she gets to keep the contents now. Um, so anyway. Have fun with that. Yeah, exactly. So meanwhile, uh, we've got, we've got one more happy story. We got an this actual happy. This is a fantastic story though. Yes. We, so a stray dog escapes a Michigan shelter three times in order to find a new home among elderly care facility. He was really serious about this. Yeah. So every so often, it's the shelter dog that adopts the humans. Now, Scout was a mutt and a stray and was kept at a shelter in Michigan until the pooch with no past decided he was tired of waiting to be adopted and went trotting out looking for someone to adopt, successfully escaping the shelter and its fences three separate times in pursuit of a permanent home. Now, from the Detroit Free Press comes the story of Scout's adoption of an entire nursing home and the invaluable partnership formed between the determined dog, the residents, and the nurses. One day in mid-July, Atrium County uh, uh, Animal Control was called to the Meadowbrook Medical Care Facility where they found one of their shelter's dogs, Scout, curled up on the couch in the waiting room. 
He had escaped last night uh, from their shelter just down the road and somehow managed to scale the 10-foot chain-link fence, another six-foot solid privacy fence, cross a busy highway without being run over, find the nursing home, go in through the front door undeterred and curled up on the couch to sleep. That is a persistent pooch. Yes. It was a puzzling story, but without any satisfactory way of answering the question, they took Scout back to the shelter, only for him to escape again a few nights later and turn up on the couch in the Meadowbrook waiting room. Then a few nights he later... He must have really liked that couch. Yeah. Then, uh, you know, then a few nights after that, there was Scout again, and the staff felt they had a decision to make. I'm the person who looks at the outward signs, and if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, Mom, uh, Marna Robertson, the nursing's home administrator, told the Free Press. He did that one time, two times, three times, and obviously that's something that you should pay attention to. And I asked the staff, well, he wants to be here. Would anybody like to have a dog? So formally adopted by the nursing home, Scout, who the, who, who the staff says clearly had been abused in his past life, quickly set about the business of making friends with the residents, a long-term permanent care facility that houses dementia patients, elderly without any other family support, and those in the end of life stages. Having the dog around has turned out to be a priceless addition. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I was in nursing school and I had to do my geriatric rotation and there were cats on the ward. And I actually worked with a couple of patients who were nonverbal communicators, which was a challenge in and of itself. But one of the days that really touched me the most was when I had a nonverbal patient who smiled and was communicating with me about the fact that the cat was up there and, and the patient was smiling and happy and, and got to pet the cat. And it really touched me because animals are so important to your overall mood and well-being. I know with cashmere, he, animals can sense when something's not right. And there have been days... now. As you heard us talk about, Cashmere doesn't like to be pet with hands. He would rather you pet him with your feet. He's weird. He's got a foot fetish. We get it. But I was having a particularly bad day when I was in my last semester, and I was just, I was over it. I lost my mind hardcore. And I was sitting, and I was on my bed in my office, and just, I, I just couldn't. I had reached my capacity. I was so tired, frustrated, and upset. And I was just sitting there quietly, not bothering anybody. And Cashmere literally jumped up on the bed, walked around to the right side of me and laid down. And he wanted me to pet him. And that just meant so much to me. It helped me to pull my mood back to where it needed to be and continue with the day. So I think this is great that this puppy dog was like, look, I need a home. You guys need a little uplift. It sounds like a real uh, mutual situation here. Why don't we make it happen? Like, good for the pupper dog. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and it, it's... Yeah, it's just to each yeah to each and every one of them. It's their dog, said Jenny uh, Martinek, the nursing homes household uh, coordinator. Said, and I think, and and yeah, and it's it is actually he patrols the halls in a manner that's part security guard, part professional greeter, routinely visiting those who are passing away or popping in on residents who still have the energy to play with them, and always stopping by the rooms of those who keep dog treats in their walkers. Yeah, no coincidence there. He knows where the snacks are at. That's right. He's not big nor menacing, but if someone who doesn't live there rings the doorbell, he barks and jumps up on the wall just to let them know to behave. The speed at which he has adapted himself to all of these roles is remarkable, and when paired with the fact that he simply kept showing up there, gives the staff and the residents the feeling like he was meant to be at Meadowbrook. Now, you can read the, the whole saga at, 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 uh, uh, to, to Meadowbrook at the Detroit uh, Free Press. 
So I think it's so great, though, that they were like, look, something like we talk about with, you know, paying attention to the signs when the universe gives you a message. This to me is part of that. Three times this dog showed up and they finally got the message like, hey, you know what? There's something to this. Maybe we should bring him along. And I'm telling you, I have the feeling something will happen that that dog will end up being a hero, saving a life. Maybe a resident has an episode that the staff isn't aware of and the dog kind of does the lassie thing and like gets some attention so that they don't die. I don't know. I just get the feeling that this dog is meant to be at this care facility has a greater purpose, and it's great because it's bringing joy to these residents. So, good on you, Poochie. And good on us. Yeah. Meanwhile, I think it's uh, it's time for uh, it's time for the uh, the, 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 the your uh, favorite part of the show, the cavalcade of stupidity. Heidi ho, pedal heads, and welcome to the Rev Cyber Truckers Cavalcade of Stupidity. Okay, I'm not sure where uh, I'm not sure where the Rev is this this week. I'm sure he's probably busy though, as he as he frequently is. I uh, I heard on the la- when when he was doing the last one, I could hear the road noise of his uh, probably his uh, air conditioning in his truck uh, while while he was uh, because because it, it, it might have been the reefer. It might have been the reefer. Yeah, wouldn't yeah? Because dude, tends- I totally just hit my own mute button. What a retard. Yeah, well, I'm not the only one who fucks up mute buttons apparently. But, no, uh, mine was off, and I thought it was on. You just didn't realize yours was on. Uh, well, yeah, there's... you're still a mute button fucker. Uh, okay. Anyway, so I'm going to play a song that I probably that I haven't played in a while. This is and this is um, I will play I'll play a, a, the the brief version of it. I guess as soon as I can, and, and we will. Um, Woo-hoo! Yeah, and uh, but uh, of course we'll play it. But this is uh, this this goes back to uh, this goes back to the early days of Doctor Demento before I this is this song probably premiered on Doctor Demento when I was like one or two years old. That that's how long ago the song is. However, it is uh, it is a quite it is quite a a, a classic tune. It's called the Friendly Neighborhood Narco Agent. You say howdy, and he says hi. You're strutting casually down the street when a man comes up to you looking beat with telltale traces of hippie on his chin. You say howdy and he says hi, got anything that'll make me fly and if you do I surely wish you'd let me in on what you're dealing brother. In your mind you start to ponder what to turn this fellow on to and then you get a look into his eyes. You find his beard is only makeup and his line is purely fake up. Then and only then you realize that he's your friend, the neighborhood narco agent, friend, the neighborhood narco man, courtesy of your local FBI. Your friend, the neighborhood narco daddy, all American thinking Fetty, there to trip you up while you are high. All right, there beautiful. we go. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. All right, so we will play the full version of that in the uh, in, in in the post show. It's called Studio Thirty Three. So, uh, if you're listening, uh, you're listening live right now. You can and we can turn this back and turn that uh, that little one back up here. There we go. And uh, yeah, so uh, but we'll play the full version of that uh, at the end of it there. Yeah, in Studio Thirty Three. And uh, now uh, we're gonna get into the toast and jam segment. So yes. Uh, so uh, what do you got from Ride to Share this week? I have no idea. You. Uh, you have a script in front Just of you. Kidding. There's nothing on it. There's nothing on it. Yeah, there is something on it. You oh should... well, you know why? 
because you didn't put it in the right area. I did. It's under Tales from Rideshare, honey. Mm, okay, sure. We'll go with that. All right. So the things that we have from Rideshare this week, now that I'm done, you know. Breaking the balls. Breaking the balls. So I had a guy who was talking about the fact that he used to work at Disneyland and he is from Miami and, or I'm sorry, he's from Orlando. And he was telling me how the restaurant he worked at washing dishes was right next to the, um, it's a small world ride. And he was like, do you have any idea how many times I've had to listen to that fucking song and we couldn't wear earbuds? And I'm like, wow, that really sucks. I would hate to have to listen to that song over and over again without losing my mind could you imagine the people who have to work on that ride i mean oh no they 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 must be psychotic yes i i I had that on a fucking vinyl as a kid that's if i remember that it's one of those things i think that that, that, they they had on vinyl at some point but yeah that's it's a small world after all i mean i think i mean i remember the i went i went to disneyland one time in my life and it was when i was three years old and 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 i've never been so yeah well, actually, I, mean, I think I might have went twice, but they were all, but it was like when I was like three and four years old, I did, we didn't go again at, at, at that point. But yes, I remember that ride. It was, yes. Back it, before it was like $120 a ticket or some shit. Yeah, no kidding. It's, uh, yeah, I know. I have no idea what my ex spent to, to take the kids down there. I'm sure it was probably an obscene amount of money. But uh, anyway, um, yeah, I can imagine that ride gets a little uh, annoying, uh, you know, if it, with the music on that ride gets a little annoying. So. I would imagine so, yeah. yeah. But then again, everything with Disney gets annoying. Yeah. So um, now you've got in here the next, uh, the next, uh, you got chat GPT help. What the heck is that? I have no idea what that is. Actually. No, you were okay. No, no, no. I know what it was. You were, you were interacting with, you were acting with, interacting with uh, Uber. Oh yes, that's right. I was, I, I had forgotten about that. I had requested the help tab on Uber because I wanted to change my region because they have um, promotions that if you do so many rides within, you know, a certain time during the week, you get an extra bonus of money. Who doesn't like money? I like money. Well, <laughs> it keeps showing that my region is Knoxville, which it used to be, but it's now Nashville because of where I live and also because that's where I spend the most of my time doing rideshare. And so I was in the chat of the help on the Uber app. And I'm telling you, this thing must have been a chat bot. There's no way in fuck this was a live human being. I don't care what they say. This thing to... The extent that I literally typed in stop the fucking word salad and answer my question. And it just kept vomiting a script at me to which I was like, you know what? This chat is over. And I ended the chat. I'm like, fuck this. I am not going to jump through hoops. I don't need that bonus that much that I'm going to talk to an unintelligent AI bot that when you try to ask it a simple question of if you fix this, why am I still seeing my region as Knoxville and not Nashville, et cetera, et cetera. It just completely ignores. And then it tries to claim that there was a connection issue, which made it where this thing i'm i'm gonna call it a bot i really am was saying well this is why i wasn't able to respond to you because there was a connection issue bullshit and speaking of connection issues so i had a ride that paid better than 40 something dollars last night 
or I should say yesterday afternoon, it was supposed to be a two o'clock pickup. And it was down in Columbia, Tennessee, which I can assure you is easily three hours from where I live. So it was an extra hour out of Nashville for me to drive down there. But I figured, okay, the juice is worth the squeeze. It's, you know, paying 40 something bucks. And it takes me to Murfreesboro. So that's a pretty happening area. The Lyft app completely lost its mind. I could not get it to tell me the address I needed to go to. It did not assign the ride to me like it was supposed to. There was just something very glitched to the point, and phone boy, you can talk about this. You had actually looked it up on some Yeah, I was I, I did one of those is is you know, is it me one of those kind of sites is, you know, is it is is it down for you kind of thing. I don't remember it was like down detector or something because I was I, just, yeah, I think you called it down detector. Yeah, I think that was the name and of it. It literally showed up on down detector that that app was having an issue. So I lost a 40 something dollar ride because the app had an issue so fuck you know fuck tech however i never ended up leaving columbia because i was like well okay if lyft isn't going to work then i'll switch to my uber platform and i just kept getting ride after ride and they were paying really well because one there was a concert uh five seconds of summer was playing in this little amphitheater down there and also Apparently, there's not a lot of rideshare down there. So when they have a rideshare, everybody's like, oh, let me take a ride with rideshare. So I made a really good amount of money. I'm not complaining. It, you know, it paid the bills. And I got home, well, I probably got home about 15, 20 minutes before rideshare radio ended last night, which yeah. I suspect is because you were stalking me and you knew where I was and you were like, okay, we're going to end this shit show so we can go to bed and get to the farmer's market the next day. Yeah, well, I, I knew you were in. I knew you had come in the house. Yeah, so I mean, we were. But yes, yeah, so I, I understand that it, it was. Uh, there, there was a lot going on yesterday, so we we, we needed. It was. Uh, yeah, we needed some decompression time for sure. So. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And I was I was tired. I wanted to get a shower and just become unconscious so I could function today. And it's interesting because I had. Three Trenta cold brews. Well, okay, I had two that I made myself and then one that I purchased because Phone Boy wanted some blonde roast from Starbucks and I have his account on my phone so I can use his account anytime I need to when he's like, hey, babe, use my stars to get a pound of coffee. So it just happened that because I was drinking three Trentas worth of liquid, I had to pee a whole lot yesterday. And toward the end of the evening, I had stopped at a gas station to relieve myself and ended up taking like an hour coffee break. Now, let me explain the coffee break. On the Uber app, there's a little cup icon that when you press it, you're still online, but you're not actively taking rides. So in case you want to get something to eat, something to drink, or in my case, to use the potty, you can push this button and it won't take you offline, which is essential when you have like, there's a surge going on and you pick up the surge. Some of those surges are in excess of, you know, $10, $12 for the next ride that you take. It adds that to the amount for the ride. So you could make a pretty good amount of money on a shorter ride, but irrelevant to the fact. So this ended up being like an hour long coffee break because this woman had a tattoo that I had asked her a question about, which then turned into a conversation and a great conversation to the fact that I'm going to go back to Columbia Friday night of next week and say hi to her <laughs> while driving around doing rideshare because I was able to geolocate 
by a truck stop that I had been at a couple of times as to how to get back to this gas station because I'm not overly familiar with that part of the state. I don't often drive because of the distance outside of Nashville that it is. Unless there's a ride that pays enough money to make it worth the hour's drive to go down there, I usually don't. But I think next week I might just damn well do it because I hate being in Nashville on a Friday night, especially with the way that everybody seems to want to go to Broadway and the fact they close down a part of Broadway because drunk people are fucking stupid and they don't know how to walk on sidewalks and not out in front of actively moving cars. So it makes it more difficult for rideshare when you have some drunk bitch who's on her fucking uh, bachelorette party calling you like, where are you at? Like, um, I can't get to you where you are. You need to walk to this location. <laughs> okay, well, then I'm canceling the ride. You know, fuck you, have a bad day. Don't get stupid drunk and not know that your rideshare cannot fucking pick you up on a ro- on a road that is closed. I'm not magical. I can't do the little uh, flying car thing as much as I'd like to. So you're going to have to exercise just a little bit more intelligence and understand that you have to walk to a street in which I can drive to pick you up. Yeah, Phoenix Sorry, rant that's of the my, day. Yeah, that's my that's my rant of the week. Is yeah. people who aren't intelligent enough to understand plain Queen's English when they're told I can't pick you up at your location. Walk west, walk east. Hell, I don't know. Do you see this? Walk toward it. Like I know plenty of landmarks in the area that you can walk to in Nashville or stumble to, depending on your sober condition. And I can pick you up from that. But when there's cops and road barricades that basically say no motherfucker you're not passing i can't trump that no matter how big i think my balls are yeah no probably not um now i have i i actually found an, an, a rideshare article that i that i, I i'm not going to read it um because i because i don't think it's necessarily all that interesting but basically what the article talks about is is this is this is a guy who writes for a travel blog and he's and, and, and he's and he and he had he shares his experience where some lyft driver in miami apparently used the n-word with him right and you know oh, it, good it, grief yes now it's okay i, I will it's interesting that i i will the, i will read a couple of a couple of sentences from what because his comments about florida drivers okay uh, well i hate florida drivers so please uh, proceed he says i am convinced we have the world's worst drivers in the united states uh, and possibly the worst drivers in the world as a defensive alert driver i'd say maybe every 10 minutes i'm on the road in miami i nearly get into an accident as someone swerves in front of me yeah i can totally relate to that Yes, because I was on the interstate and I had a passenger in the vehicle with me and this chick almost sideswiped my car in the front because she was coming into my lane and I swerved and hit my horn and she was like, oh, and jerks back over like, are you fucking stupid? Do you not see this bright red car that you cannot miss? It's quite beautiful. And if you put a scratch on it, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. So, yeah. But as far as the whole Florida worst drivers thing, I assure you, there are three states that surround this beautiful state in which we live, where if somebody does something stupid, I can almost be assured that the tag on that car is either going to be from Georgia, Alabama, or the worst of all, Florida. And Florida doesn't even border fucking Tennessee. There's Georgia in between Florida. So I think there's a buffer going on there. I I don't know. I think the Florida... 
drivers come up through Georgia, pick up their stupidity, and by the time they reach our state, they're just fucking useless. Yeah, well, the, yes, I, yeah, and I definitely, and the driving around here, you definitely see uh, there, there are people driving, uh, you know, being on a, on a, on a, on a major interstate, uh, yeah, you see people driving from all, from all kinds, all parts of the world, and we do, we do see some Washington State folks out here, too, it's, it's, uh, yeah, not, not at just least me. once a week, I see a Washington State plate. Yeah, exactly. I think it's it's yeah. Uh, you know, I guess uh, either people 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 are uh, leaving the communist state of Inslee. I guess uh, right. And I, I want to tell a quick story about uh, Washington State. So we were watching our Vols. They fucking whooped Virginia. Go Vols! Uh, we were watching them play today, and we were talking about different teams now i know in the pre-stream you probably heard phone boy talking about the fact that colorado has taken deon sanders yes that deon sanders as their head coach so we were keeping an eye because i'm a fan of the tcu horn frogs i just like their name i can't help it so colorado and tcu were playing and somehow the mention of gonzaga came up from me i know because I made the statement that I like Gonzaga. I just like their name. There's something about hearing the name Gonzaga that just gets me, okay? Oh, my God, y'all. Phone boy is sitting next to me. The The love seat goes one way. The couch goes the other. So we're sitting on, you know, adjacent corners to one another on, on the couch. I made the mistake, folks, of misspeaking and saying that Gonzaga was in California the rage, the rage that flashed in this man's eyes, informing me in no uncertain terms. They are not in California. Indeed, they are from Seattle. No, which, they're from no, Spokane. Oh, I'm sorry, Spokane. It was an S. Yes. Give me, give me a break. It was an S. But yes, the fire that flashed in his eyes that I had yeah. erroneously yeah. stated that this team yeah. was from California and not I could, I could, I could, not so wonderful state yes, of Washington. I could, yes, I, they, the Zags did much better in the NCAA tournament than Santa Clara could ever manage to do. But that's a, that anyway. But so so I feel so I feel like I have some kinship with Gonzaga. So they had a they had a great and, run and I have no issue with that. I, I think they're a fantastic team. They've done some great you know unexpected shit. I think they even like went to one of the bigger games at one point and nobody expected it. It was kind of like when Appalachian State made a showing probably, I don't know, yeah. 5 or 8 years ago. But yeah, I've always just liked the name. Sorry, my mute button yeah. me. Uh, I've always just liked the name and holy shit, I don't think Oh, but speaking of which, speaking of holy shit and never seeing phone boy flash anger. I heard about phone boy completely come unhinged this week he literally yelled and told someone to shut the fuck up can you imagine our phone boy actually being angry enough to yell at someone and tell them that i i was floored i I couldn't believe it well mild well-mannered phone boy got ghetto real fucking quick (laughs) 
Uh, I, I, yeah, I, I had, I had, I just, I just had a little bit of a, a little bit too much of a particular situation, and uh, and I, it was, it was beginning to anger me, and so I, I, I was very measured in my response, and yes, that's, that's how I dealt with that. But yes, uh, it is possible for me to do that. I just don't do it very often. I think it, I think it when I, when it when I do do it, it is a surprise because it's so it, it is so such such a, a rare occurrence for me. That's exactly why it's such a surprise because. People are not used to hearing you or seeing you get angry. Yeah. Now, we went down a huge rabbit hole in the process of should I report my racist Lyft driver? Yes, now, please tell everyone about this bullshit. Now, I'm not going to go into the story. He's, he was kind of hemming and hawing about whether he should report the person or not. Now, you have been, you were, you were reported for some alleged conduct that you, uh, that you had. That was actually on the Lyft platform. I got accused of making. And this is, this is, and this is also on Lyft. Oh, okay. I thought this was actually on Uber. I apologize. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, as everyone knows, because I ranted about it, I got accused of making uh, comments against a protected class of which when I asked what a protected class was, they could not give me anything other than the bullshit Webster's Dictionary definition of what a protected class was and of course when i asked them what i supposedly said because they claim they got this report stating i made xyz comment and when it was stated hey what was it i supposedly said oh we can't tell you that oh well, we don't know huh? bullshit you don't know no they no they you have had honey. a fucking complaint uh, made that said i said xyz you have access to what i supposedly said and if i don't know what i said how am I supposed to never uh, say it again? Honey, Which, honey, by the way, honey, I'm pretty sure I, I, didn't. I can tell. I can tell you the very simple answer to that question. They don't actually ask the per, They don't actually ask in the report what was said. Only the only thing, you know, much how you, you know, when you when you go down the, you know, the, the customer service hell help of you. Know, I got a problem with this. I got a problem with that, or whatever. Yep. It's the same thing when they're reporting. They don't actually ask. Okay, what what precise, you know, you know where, you know, what precise words were used, you know, what or provide some actually comments. they do. There is a section, there is there's a block yeah. in which you can fill in the more details of what was supposedly said. It's much like the, if you can't find what you need in the FAQs, what, you know, what is it that you're contacting customer service for? So you bet your ass they knew what I supposedly said against a supposed protected class. They just didn't have the coconuts to tell me what it was because A, I pro if I had said it, I would have known who the fuck reported me, and B... That's probably why they don't tell that's you. That's probably exactly why. But you can't play both ends of that candle, okay? You can't sit there and say, I made a fucking statement against a protected class, and yet not tell me what a protected class is other than the bullshit dictionary, you know, uh, definition of it. And also, um, <coughs> it would be nice to know what I supposedly said, because... Maybe it was taken out of context. Maybe I didn't say it at all. And for the most part, it's one of those things that how am I supposed to never say it again? And the best answer you can come up with is, well, don't talk about religion or politics. Motherfucker, I don't talk about religion or politics to begin with because I don't give two shits enough about it to talk with people who I am almost assured are not like-minded such as myself with my ideology that I don't call it Jesus or God. I call it the universe and I don't need people to, you know, puke their preaching on me. If I'm engaging with you in a conversation where I'm implying that I'm a Christian or that I'm some other 
you know, religious affiliation, then yeah, I can understand feeling you have the open ground to talk about it. But don't just come at me arbitrarily with how great Jesus is and, you know, la 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 la. I didn't ask. I don't care. And that's not what I'm about. Not that I have anything against anyone who is. I have many pedal heads and many friends who, if you're a Christian, fantastic. I'm not going to shit on that. But don't puke it on me. And that's just who I am. And that goes for anything. That goes for religion. It goes for your sexual preference. It goes for your political affiliation. It goes for everything. Test the water. Know your audience. Well, here's, well, here's the thing, too. So, and Sir Bemrose makes the comment, don't, the don't talk about politics taboo is one of the main reasons why this country is so divided. And I think... Okay, I, I can, no, but Okay, let me... Hold on. The, the don't, uh, you know I'm strong on that. I, I understand this. However, it, the, I think that you can make a decision about what, what you wish to discuss or wish you not to discuss, but the, the sort of the blanket statement of don't talk about politics or, or not talk about anything, because I think every don't talk about X, whatever X is, right? It's those things that make the country so divided. Anytime that they try to to suppress the speech about something, let's talk about COVID, for instance, right? The way that they okay. controlled the messaging about that. It's it's but because the they couldn't because they couldn't discuss it. People formed very strong opinions one way or the other about it. And, and yeah, but that's the problem we have. Okay, you d- okay? I will speak from the position of. Anyone who is a customer in my car can make a report saying, I said this or I said that, I did this, I did that. I have no recourse, okay? Much like the girl who the driver was, you know, as we kind of assumed, trying to kidnap her. Remember the one that had literally opened the door and jumped out and the fucking driver reported her, okay? We, on the other side of that, have, if a customer says, well, this person made disparaging remarks against blacks or disparaging marks against Mexicans or disparaging marks against ABCD, who the fuck cares, right? The only thing that we have for a recourse is to say, I didn't do it. But how many times, okay, because this is what I'm saying. If you get into a discussion about, like, you like Trump, and you've got somebody who thinks Trump is a pussy-grabbing idiot, okay, that person can literally sit there and make some fucked-up shit up about the fact that you said this or you did that, which is completely untrue, simply because they look at you and go, well, you're a Trump supporter, I fucking hate you, Uh, I can't kill you so i'll do the next best thing i'll fuck your career up because this is literally what pays my bills right now if i'm not working for lyft or uber i'm fucked with going to school because at some point i'm gonna have to attend an in-person class or an in-person test with the schoolwork that i'm gonna be doing okay and god forbid i have to take a finger quotes real job where I have set hours and can't get around those hours. So right now, rideshare is my bread and butter. It's the only way I'm surviving. So I have to tread very lightly in the conversations that I have. I have to definitely be able to read people and take the temperature of the situation to know, can I make a statement about the fact that I would really support Trump, you know, running again in 24, that I think they're trying to fuck him seven ways till Sunday with all of this judicial bullshit that they're conjuring up. Uh, Same thing with my feelings, like the billboard that I posted on NAS. 
that basically has a rainbow balloon and a transgender balloon and says stop school sponsored uh, grooming of our children. I fully think that the schools are trying to groom our children and make them gay, make them trans. We're seeing it everywhere. All you have to do is pay attention to, and I know y'all are probably going to jump on me in the chat for this, but the TikTok videos that we see, the YouTube videos that we see of these people, like the teacher who was like, uh, my pronouns are they, them, and I fully intend to turn all of the students that I encounter into transsexuals or something basic like that. First of all, your ass does not belong in teaching, okay? And I've made no bones about the fact that I think that parents who allow their children at five years old, eight years old to get hormone uh, therapy that will stop the progression if you're a boy and turn you into a girl or vice versa. Um, You know, allowing gender reassignment surgery if you find some quack doctor that's willing to do this on a seven or eight year old. Like, I've, I've made no bones about the fact. On this show, I'm not afraid to give my opinion, okay? Because it's my show. Don't like my opinion? Don't fucking tune in. Or if you're a fucking adult, we can have a difference in opinion, and we still, at the end of the day, can agree that fuck Joe Biden and uh, let's go Brennan. But, okay, I think that you should have to be 18 years old before you can make that decision about hormones, surgery, and other things that are going to affect your life for the rest of your life. I don't think that a five-year-old that looks at his mom and says, I want to be a girl. I don't like my penis anymore. Yeah, and last week you wanted to be a dinosaur, Tommy. Sit down and watch your cartoons and eat your crayons. That's all I'm saying. Um. Yeah. Okay. So I put a link to these. I'll I'll put the picture of this billboard in the show notes. Uh, of course, when we when we do the thing, because I I also posted a link in the chat if you want to see the. I was. I think that is the most responded and favored post I've ever had, and all it was was me taking a photograph of this billboard that actually exists with a little kid with his knees drawn up to his chest looking very solemn and two balloons, one's transgender and one's rainbow. It says, stop state-sponsored grooming in schools. Visit tpsusa.com or tpusa.com. And I guess the TP stands for Turning Point. Yes, I think it does, yeah. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's the organization that sponsored that that billboard. And it blew my mind because, yes, Nashville is a real melting pot. Yeah, it's, it's, an, it's, it's kind of purple in, in a red. It's the purple it, it, part it of a red state. It is very purple. It is very purple. And I was totally amazed. The first time I saw this billboard, it, it stunned me because I was like, holy actual fuck. They allowed this billboard to exist. I mean, this is essentially within the last six months, you know, we had that school shooting in Nashville and I'm still seeing people with lawn signs saying, you know, we stand with covenant like, okay, 
That's great. You stand with a religious-based school that made someone feel so unwelcome because they were transgender that they found it necessary years later to be a fucking idiot and exact gun violence against the headmaster and sadly against some of the students. Now, here's my take on that, and I don't give a fuck what people think of my take on it. If you were going after the headmaster, that should have been the one person that you targeted. That should have been the one person you put a fucking bullet in. Not the kids, not the teachers, unless you had a direct beef with any of those fucking people, okay? They're, first of all, fucking you shouldn't have had a gun because you don't fucking use a gun because you're pissed at somebody. Seriously. That, that's why there's laws in place for things like that. That's also why I don't think you should be allowed to own a gun prior to being like 21. But, you know, I get called a bootlicker because of the fact that that directly violates my statement that I support the right to, you know, the right to bear arms. But I think that that right comes with responsibility. And I mean, I realize that we've gone off on a massive rabbit hole today which we did not intend to go off on this was literally supposed to be about the rideshare driver but it spiraled me down a rabbit hole because i've had so many numerous conversations with riders about a variety of topics and you basically can get a feel for what you know is this person going to be somebody that you can have a logical conversation with and even if you don't agree on certain things, you can have the respect for one another to still have that conversation and not worry that they're going to send a report back to Lyft or Uber that, oh, this person did this or this person did that because they didn't like your position or your opinion on what was said. So that's just basically where i'm at with this whole story is did this driver actually say the n-word or was it just a customer who was pissed off because they didn't like the position this person took on something and no i don't think politics is a conversation especially since the trump biden thing and maybe even you know further back than that i just don't think it's a conversation that can freely be had without fear of someone exacting revenge against you because they don't agree with your opinion. That's not an adult way to handle things. But sadly, if we look around any subject, not just politics, there are people who like, you know, with the vaccine or with COVID or whatever, if you don't agree with their ideology and you aren't on their, you know, whatever shit they're on, essentially, they could literally exact physical violence and, and, you know, pull out a gun and shoot you. We've seen it happen in, you know, the M5M reporting, which I know we don't trust the M5M because it's a bunch of fear point and propaganda. But at the same time, there's a kernel of truth in what's going on. And I just think it's really shitty that you can't have an adult conversation anymore with someone without fearing for your own safety. And that's one of the reasons I enjoy doing this show is because I know that if you don't like my opinion, you can turn the show off. You can push the stop or the pause button. You don't have to listen to what I'm saying. This is my opinion. This is our show. 
This is how I think. Are there like-minded people that are pedal heads? Absolutely. Are there maybe people who are pedal heads who don't necessarily agree with my or phone boy's position, but respect us enough to have that position and not be like, well, fuck that. I'm not listening to that show anymore because they don't agree with my ideology. I'm sure there are plenty of people out there who've listened to our show and been like, yeah, I can't deal with these people. They're fucking stupid. That's fine. That's your right as a person. And I'm not going to shit on that. You want to listen to the show? Listen to the show. You don't want to listen? Don't listen. You're not hurting my feelings either way. Do I love the fact people listen? Absolutely. But I also love the fact I get to do this show. And I podcast like nobody's listening because someday there may not be anyone listening or someday this show might actually catch fire like Hawaii. And the next thing you know, we're, you know, we're on top of the world. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah, that, 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 was, that, was, that was quite a lot, honey. You said quite a lot in that last five minutes or so. Yeah, well, I was also trying to vamp, wondering what the fuck you were doing. You know what I was doing? I was. I, no, I, if I knew what the <laughs> fuck you were doing. I couldn't exactly tell you. No, I, 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 left, something, I left something in the bedroom that needs to be in the studio, is what, and I, I think is, is what I determined. Fair enough. So that was, I was determining that, and I realized that what I had actually done last night and, and forgot that, yeah, I, I need to bring that thing back up. Okay, so that was, that was all I was doing. Now, meanwhile... Well, um, the um, I, I have to talk about well a letter that uh, just that I sent on June twenty first that uh, has finally been returned to me or at least to my virtual mailbox. Uh, I have to explain this letter. This was a letter I sent to my son, uh, something intended for his uh, uh, for his birthday. It was a it's actually the the pr- a printout of the uh, of, of a certain uh, certain uh, notebook that my uh, that my uh, ex had given me back in two thousand two. I thought he might want to read it, and so I I, so I present I had that in a, in an envelope that I then that I then mailed and I mailed it uh, registered mail return re- you know the n- restricted delivery meaning only the named person could sign for it now I had I'd one I'd wondered because I hadn't gotten the return card for a while, and so at some point at some point I eventually remembered and had the 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 the, the wherewithal to actually go look up the receipt and go pull up the tracking to go figure out what had happened, and it seemed like that the that the package had uh, sort of uh, fallen off the edge of the earth uh, since July fourth, right? Um, and I said, okay, well, I might, maybe I should file a lost uh, mail thing or something like that. And I hadn't, I hadn't gotten around to doing that. Meanwhile, I had refound the tracking number. I went to go look, and, I, and so I pulled it up again. And I'm going, okay, where is this thing? Oh, well, let's see. It, 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 it actually had read it a little closer, and I saw what had happened. So uh, on June 28th, the, it turns out that this pa- that this letter was actually refused, which is something that apparently you can do. You do uh, if if the if the postal worker shows up with something that you don't want to receive you can tell them no i don't want that and you can and you can actually use the word and you can refuse it so it had gotten refused on on june 28th um and then it was so so on uh, july 4th it was apparently on the way back here well and then it showed up recently it showed up again and, the, and said okay we got it to nash it was in nashville and then they sent it back to you know they sent it back to seattle down to gig harbor it got refused again Right, and then and then went back and, and then went back to uh, and then finally arrived uh, t- uh, today in my virtual mailbox uh, uh, that down at uh, yeah that that I have so 
It's a I you know okay so I I've been through this whole saga with you from start to finish. What I found interesting is the fact that when it got refused the first time, that it wasn't just sent back to you. They actually uh, kudos to the postal service for aggravating the fuck out of your ex by actually sending this letter back to try to get it delivered. That was probably erroneous, but at the same point in time, thank you, universe, and thank you, USPS. Way to go. Exactly. So now we can, yeah, what, what, who, now there's still the question of who refused it. And I don't, doesn't really matter. I think the message that, that I, that uh, was being sent, intended to be sent by that was in fact received. And, you know, we'll see, we'll see how, uh, and we'll see how it plays out going forward. But um, now I think it is time for us to play voicemails. Now, uh, you can, uh, our, our current a refire topic is uh, tell us a dirty joke uh, that's we want to hear when we honestly okay i don't care we don't care if it's a cheesy dirty joke just make us laugh you know we're you obviously if you've been a pedal head for any amount of time know that there is no ceiling and you cannot offend us. So if you'd like to take up the challenge of attempting to 253 Okay, what she said. All right, I'm going to play this first voicemail. Her, her, her. It's uh, Mr. Christopher Rattles here. And uh, got a little sidetracked and uh, out camping. So, anyway, I'll respond to uh, last week's thing about uh, dirty jokes. Uh, first one that came to mind was uh, one I learned when I was a kid. And it was, why don't old people have sex? ever tried to pull a grilled cheese sandwich apart but yeah well out camping everything's dirty because you know you're out of nature there's dust and all that jazz so but quite lovely so good to get outdoors wake up you know or wake up and be in a tent and just see the trees above you or whatever so that be that all right well just use the potty. So back to camp, I walk. So, love you guys. That dangerous. And, uh, you know, whether or not you're outside or you're inside, go ahead and give a good old hearty. Kaka! Kaka! That was a quiet kaka, sir. It was. He's usually, well, remember, he's inside. Yeah. So he may have had to be a little more quiet with his kaka! Give yes. it to us good, Mr. Christopher Battles. And by the way, that's a great joke. That's right. And uh, meanwhile, um, okay, so now we got we got another. Uh, actually, so I, should I tell my dirty joke first, or should you? Tell I would your, love for you to tell your dirty joke. Okay, so this is one of the few dirty jokes I remember, and this, it's, it's it's so uh, so Gomer Gomer Pyle is uh, going is going up to Betty Lou, and and and, and is very very attracted to Betty Lou. It says, uh, he says, uh, Betty Lou, can I stick my finger in your belly button? And she says, Why, sure, Gomer. Gomer, that's not my that's that's not my belly button. Well, surprise, surprise, surprise! That's not my finger either. Anyway, <laughs> the cheesiest dirty joke I've ever heard. Let's hear another voicemail. Let's see if the listeners can do better. <laughs> I'm sure, this listener can do better than I can. What's up, y'all? This weirdo. Uh, I'm gonna tell you a dirty joke. Uh, first one being. <clears throat> Man sends his wife to the to the store to get cigarettes. 
she comes back with some tubes and some loose tobacco. She says, it's cheaper to roll your own. Well, about a month later, she sends a husband to the store for tampons. He comes back with tongue depressors and cotton swabs. Says, yeah, if I got to roll my own, so do you. Uh, got another one here. Say, Jack and Joe went up the hill so Jack could lick her fanny, but Jack got a shock and a mouthful of cock because Jill's no real name was Randy. And then this is probably going to be the most disgusting thing anybody's ever heard me say. So, uh, yeah, uh, here goes the worst joke that I know. So there I was going down on my grandma when I started to taste a bunch of horse semen. And I was like, fuck, maybe that's how she died. Bye. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, weirdo. Wow. That was very Mr. Hands of you. Okay. Oh, my God, that's so wrong. Nope. Guess what? I don't have one. Believe it or not, I do not have a dirty you, joke to bring uh, to the table. I, had, I know you're disappointed. Yeah, the princess of profanity doesn't have a dirty joke. What, what's up with that? Well, I see that we got a, another voicemail has come in, so I'm 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 I, I'm looking forward to to hearing the the, the the crap you're coming up with at two five three two three seven three three two one. Let's see what this caller had to say. Uh, favorite dirty joke. I guess it's more of a. I don't know. Anyways, here we go. Uh, when babies are born, why do doctors uh, spank them? Pause for effect. Uh, to knock the dick off the dumb ones. Told to me by my grandfather, who at the time only had granddaughters. <laughs> so that's your funny. That's my funny joke. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. That was a good one. <laughs> that was funny. All righty. It was funny. We got one more. Let's see what this is. Hey, Dame Jennifer Weta here. I've got a couple of dirty jokes for you. What's the difference between a vitamin and a hormone? You can't hear a vitamin. What is Miss Piggy douche with? Hogwash. Oh, that's... That's money. That is Dame beautiful. Jennifer Weta. Thank Who you. would have ever expected Dame Jennifer Weta to have dirty jokes like that? Thank you for your courage. That, yeah, that was good stuff. There you go. So, um, what's wrong with the rest of you fucking degenerates? Come on, y'all know you got some shit. Two five three two three seven three three two one. Share your dirty jokes. Yeah, that's with us. right. So, by the way, we can take it. By the way, there, uh, so uh, the, I forgot to pull, point out a few things that, that, that came out of a sh uh, transcripts for potential show titles. Well, uh, Porn Hogs, which I think actually was in the chat, uh, but out of, out of Nature was written down as a potential. That was from Mr. Christopher Bass. That's right. So, um, but again, we're going to, we're, I think we've, uh, I think we've exhausted the voicemails for the moment. We will, if, if, if any more come in, uh, yeah, we'll play them. Uh, we'll play them tomorrow because I'm sure we're going to need voicemails, but two, five, three, two, three, seven, three, three, two, one. We, we still want to hear your dirty jokes. And meanwhile, uh, let me go, let me go back over here to the, to the other soundboard and we're going to play this clip. I'll take a drink and I, my name's Smoke Little Reef. You know, I, I like to smoke reefer you know it relaxes me and everything a couple of doobies you know just to get you through the day and everything but i do not freebase cocaine no you don't and uh neither do we that's right so now but who also does not freebase cocaine or sm or smoke a little reefer would be uh florida governor ron DeSantis. 
who confirms he would not legalize adult use if elected president. And he warns of fentanyl-laced pot. Which is fucking a total cop-out because if you have reputable growers that are supplying your... um, your dispensaries if you legalize it you're not going to have to worry about fentanyl laced weed the only time you have to worry about that is if people are buying it off the street which as we know it's going to be expensive as hell when they first open those dispensaries if you ever have the balls to legalize it in your shitty state you know maybe if you would legalize pot in florida we wouldn't have so many messed up motherfuckers out of florida who don't know how to drive run around with dildos hanging out of their asses and rush hour traffic Seriously, get it together, DeSantis. Yeah. Now, uh, last week, uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said he would not legalize adult use cannabis if elected president, confirming what he said in June and warned about the danger of fentanyl laced pot at the never back down super PAC in Iowa. Now, Florida politics reports that the presidential hopeful is gearing up for the 2024 presidential election and taking a harder stance against adult use cannabis. The drugs are killing this country, DeSantis said. Um, uh, they, Meanwhile, he's blowing a hooker in the bathroom. Yeah, th- though cannabis use, though cannabis itself cannot cause a fatal overdose. Now, while fatal overdose caused solely by marijuana is unlikely, marijuana is not harmless. The CDC says cautiously. Bullshit! Unlikely? It's fucking impossible. Come on, weed people. Come on, potheads, weigh the fuck in. 253-237-3321. You know as well as I do, you absolutely positively cannot overdose on fucking weed. You will smoke yourself sober. No one in the history has ever overdosed on this plant. Yes. Now, fentanyl, of course, is another story. The drug overdose deaths involving synthetic opioids, primarily fentanyl, continue to rise with 70,601 overdose deaths reported in 2021. And yeah, and when when you start digging into these headlines about fentanyl-laced pot, um, yeah, they frequently fall apart. The, the Paddleboro Police Department in Vermont told the media they re- revived a patient using CPR and several doses of Narcan after cannabis. The, uh, the person smoked reportedly tested positive for fentanyl and found more in a second incident. Then they had to retract their statement. The same thing happened in 2020 in New York when officials said they found the drug in cannabis and then a week or so later determined it wasn't. Now, it, it's so the real issue is, you know, it's the, it's the other things, right? It's not the, it's not that, you know, pot is itself okay. I still don't, you know, I guess he wants to take a stance. Well, the stoners aren't going to vote for him. I don't, I don't know why anybody would vote for him, frankly. Seems like a kind and of at a this point, dipshit. Because there are 38 out of 50 states that have some legalization, whether it's medical, recreational, or both, you're fighting an uphill losing battle, DeSantis. Give, get on the weed train and stop being so high and mighty because it is not it's not your granddad's weed this is not a dangerous fucking plant if it's not come on we okay so any of you old hippies out there can attest to the fact i'm sure back in the 60s they were dipping lsd weed Okay, there there was weed lace with LSD. Nowadays, it's fentanyl. It's not really like this is something new that we've never seen before. Make sure your dealer's reputable, or better yet, states legalize it. Don't make it so fucking expensive that people are forced to use the black market. And this is not me shilling. I want Tennessee to legalize this so I don't have to worry about getting it from another source. Yes, I have a trusted source, but what happens... God forbid, if that source didn't exist. 
I mean, granted, okay, big fucking deal. Okay, I could live without it. Whatever. The point is, this is not, weed is not the enemy. Liquor's legal. Cigarettes are legal. They kill more people every year than marijuana ever thought of doing in its own environment. Not laced, not dipped, whatever. Just the plant itself. Nobody in the history has ever overdosed and died from ingesting, whether it be smoking, edibles, whatever, this plant. Stop the antiquated bullshit because the tax revenue that comes off of this would help the roads that are to shit and it would help to create jobs. This is such antiquated thinking and DeSantis is just literally propagating this antiquated thinking. He's never going to get elected if he keeps this shit up. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's going to get elected for other reasons, but that's a that's just that's just me. Now, um, now I this here I found this I found a story about Connecticut that related to related to the holy herb. Connecticut officials are rolling out a new loan program aimed at supporting social equity marijuana businesses, providing financial assistance to help people who've been disproportionately impacted by prohibition expand operations in the legal industry. Now, as the state continues to see record high cannabis sales since the adult use market launched in January, well, no shit, Uh, supply and demand issue here, the Social Equity Council and the Department of Economic and Community Development said that applications are now open for its cannabis revolving loan loan fund. And the fund made possible under the state's legalization law offers social equity licensees 3% fixed loans. Applicants who enroll in and complete SEC's accelerator program will receive a 1.5% interest rate discount. Now, loan recipients can use the money to buy equipment, improve and expand their business, access working capital and lines of credit and enhance technology infrastructure, cover loan closing costs and carry out environmental studies related to construction and renovation. Well, I, you know, it's a, I guess it's nice to see the, the Connecticut trying to support, I don't know, people they think are disadvantaged or something. And, and you know, Well, this goes along with the shit we've been listening to about who can get these licenses and who can't exactly so again it's it's the have and the have nots and you know if you're a have not and you're a minority you have a better chance of getting one of these licenses than someone who isn't a impoverished individual who's been through it now i I, i'm i'm gonna kind of have a mini rage on this it makes me wonder if that's not a form of profiling Because the conditions under which you need to be considered for these grow permits basically is targeting the black and brown community like, well, they're criminals anyway, so they must know how to grow the good stuff. That's the way the government looks at this shit. And it's interesting because I actually had a conversation with a gentleman of color who had a run-in with a couple of white security guards at a club recently. And this security guard, all he was asking is, hey, why can I not be let back in? He had run out real quick to do something. And it was like, oh, well, we're, you know, we're closing the place down. But nobody else was having to exit. So he felt really targeted. And I had asked him when he told me that security was chesting up on him and they were just acting really out of pocket. I'm like, were they white? I mean, I literally asked him and he was like, yeah, I'm like, there you have it. There's such an inequality where white people think that they have to do one of two things. They have to be complete assholes 
to blacks and minorities, or they have to be uber fucking apologetic, like, oh my God, our ancestors, you know, my father's 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 father's, you know, owned slaves. So I have to make it better because, you know, you were never a slave, but you're black. That's the way these people think. And it makes me fucking nuts. Look, treat everybody like a person. Don't look at the skin. Don't look at the, you know, demographic. Don't treat someone who comes from a less fortunate neighborhood any different than you would treat someone from an affluent neighborhood. It's very simple. Treat people like people, not like races, not like colors. And you'll go a lot further in this world. Yeah. Now, uh, meanwhile... I think I pulled this article because it was kind of is water, water is wet. Um, avoid cannabis during adolescence, pregnancy, and while driving. Hey, I want the, I want the I want the adolescent pregnant chick, uh, you know, <laughs> driving my car. I mean, you know, but uh, we are not talking about your daughter. <laughs> no, we're not. Um, anyway, yeah, I, no, no, no. Anyway, experts recommend avoiding cannabis during adolescence and early adulthood in people prone to or with mental health disorders in pregnancy and before and while driving based on an in-depth review published by the BMJ today. Now, while driving, I I think I, I think I have some subject matter expertise in this. My dad did very well rolling joints while driving. I've known uh, certain people who could roll a J while driving like 80 miles an hour down a back road. And I personally can neither confirm nor deny that I'm pretty damn good at driving when I've had a bowl. Yes, exactly. Now, um, so however they say cannabid, cannabidol, the one active compound in cannabis, is effective in people with epilepsy, and cannabis-based medicines can help people with multiple sclerosis, uh, chronic pain, inflammatory bowel disease, and in palliative care. Now, th- their recommendations are based on an umbrella review of 101 meta-analyses on cannabis and health. And uh, in, in, in the umbrella reviews synthesize previous meta-analysis, so this is like fil- filtered, 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 um, and provide a high-level summary of evidence on a particular topic. Now, according to the Global Burden of Disease 2019 study, around 24 million people worldwide have cannabis use disorder, being unable to quit cannabis despite it causing health and social problems. What health and social problems does it fucking cause? Oh my God, they're so full of shit. We've heard the Podfather talk about this in episodes of No Agenda and how ridiculous it is. Yeah, um, so... um, Let's see. So, uh, let's see. It's most common among men and in high-income countries. Um, so, um, an increasing number of studies have, have, have examined the effect of cannabinoids on, on, on health and other outcomes, but most findings are observational or prone to bias, making it difficult to draw firm conclusions. Now, the end result was they found some evidence of increased risk of psychosis associated with cannabinoids in the general population. Yeah, uh, there is times when you smoke weed and you get paranoid, it happens, but you just realize, like, dude, I'm being paranoid, and you're fine. That's right. Now, uh, specifically, cannabis use was associated with psychosis in adolescence when brain development is still taking place. That might explain a few things in my case. And with the psychosis relapse in people uh, with a, a psychotic disorder. In other words, use of cannabis when no psychotic disorder has occurred increases the risk of its onset, and using cannabis after its onset worsens clinical outcomes. 
symptoms. Now, based on weak to suggestive observational evidence and high to moderate certainty trial evidence, the researchers also found that an association between cannabis and general psychiatric symptoms, including depression and mania, as well as detrimental effects on memory, verbal, and visual recall. Across different populations, weak to convincing level observational evidence suggested a link between cannabis use and motor vehicle accidents. And in pregnant women, there was also convincing observational level evidence for a link between cannabis use and the risk of having a small, low birth weight baby. You know, maybe we should ask uh, Dame DeLorean next week when she is on with Sir Spencer for the 100th episode if cannabis use during pregnancy causes low birth weight because they've got a four pack in that wolf pack. And I'm pretty sure she smoked through all of those pregnancies and no judgment whatsoever because they're beautiful, wonderful children who are thriving. Yes, th- th- that is an amazing family. I am I'm, I'm glad to have, uh, to have met them in, in, in there. We love them. Yeah, they, we, they, we can't wait until we get a chance to go hang out with them again. Yeah, we got it. We, that's one of those one of those many things that we have to do. Um, now, th- the Umbrella Review is the first to pool observational and interventional studies on the effects of cannabinoids on humans. But the research note that most outcomes associated with cannabinoid use are supported by weak evidence, have low to very low certainty and, or are not significant. Uh, I think that's bullshit. It's a, a lot of it. Sometimes it just makes you feel good, which, you know, who, that, who again, it has a lot of um, a lot of benefits that could replace big pharma in so much as helping you sleep, helping with your appetite, helping you lose weight, helping you exercise. There is a wide array of things that the holy herb can help you with. And it's a. In a risk analysis situation, the risk does not outweigh the benefits. That that's true, and uh, I am. Uh, there we go, making sure all the connections are still going and all of that. There we go, all the all the VU meters. I got to got to make sure all this is happening. I uh, would love one damn week if our stream would not shit the bed during our show and actually continue to run downstairs so I don't have to have you in Studio 33 go downstairs and jiggle the damn handle. Yes, I know. Uh, I, I probably need to do some better scripting or something to make that when that happens uh, is, is able to uh, uh, is able to recover better. However, I'm, I have not, I'm not, have not had the time um, to, to, to futz with that. Now... Yeah, we know. And I'm sure that our listeners don't want to hear about the bullshit on this end behind the mic. Yeah, that's, that's true. Now, meanwhile, half a million fentanyl pills disguised as oxycodone confiscated by the San Bernardino Sheriff's Office in one week. Uh, so last week was busy for the San Bernardino Sheriff's Department, who reported Monday that they confiscated over 500,000 fentanyl tablets that were disguised as M30 oxycodone pills. One of the primary reasons people overdose on fentanyl is because they think they are taking a less powerful opioid, typically disguised as an oxycodone or hydrocodone pill. Yes, we will remind you that it takes merely a fingernail portion to kill a adult human as little as two milligrams of fentanyl as, as i've got as that's I have, correct yeah so in one bust a person at a clothing store was allegedly selling a lot more than just clothes at 10 56 p.m friday police in hesperia california served two search warrants at the house of drip a clothing store after officers caught wind of a drug operation taking place there officers from the san bernardino sheriff's department suspect that m30 fentanyl pills as well as cannabis were being sold at the business now lennon martinez alva uh, 
Arvaldo, 29, of Hesperia, was arrested and booked into jail on suspicion of possessing or purchasing drugs for sale, transportation sales of drugs, and possessing drugs for sale, the, the, the Daily Press in Victorville reports. Now, police say they found more than 4,000 fentanyl pills, cannabis, 20, 227 boxes of THC resin, 35 boxes of psilocybin-infused chocolate, and $1,300 in cash while searching the house of Drip. The M30 fentanyl pills were particularly dangerous because they are designed to mimic the look of prescription oxycodone pills or to a lesser extent Adderall, Zadex, and other drugs. This is just a fraction of the total number of fentanyl pills the San Bernardino uh, County Sheriff's Department Gang's Narcotics Division scooped up last week. They confiscated over half a million fentanyl tablets. Makes you wonder how much of that which they've confiscated they're going to be either keeping for their own use or selling you know, vicariously through someone else. We, we know how it works out there. That's right. Now, San Bernardino County is just one region in California, but the problem stretches across all of the U.S. The data shows that in 2021, nearly 70,000 people in the U.S. died of a drug overdose uh, involving fentanyl and fake opioid prescriptions. Now, as little as two milligrams of fentanyl can be deadly enough to stop breathing, then death is swift. That means taking just one counterfeit pill can result in death, especially if the person does not have have a tolerance. On the other hand, 30 milligrams of oxycodone is the maximum strength, which is strong but less likely to cause death than a smaller amount of fentanyl. Still highly addictive. Yes, fentanyl is around 100 times stronger than morphine and 50 times stronger than heroin. And how widespread is the problem? Well, 26% of tablets tested in a DEA laboratory contained a lethal dose of fentanyl, the agency says. Well, it's, yeah, well. I don't know why people want to get fake prescriptions. It's like, that's 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 just like the worst of the worst right there. Uh, addicts, phone boy. Sadly, there are people who truly need this to such a degree that they're willing to take the chance. And sadly, again, it ends up where they get a bad batch and it's OV. That's right. Um <clears throat> Meanwhile, psilocybin association, and it's just the people wanting to sell it to kill people. I mean, that that's what just blows my mind on all of this. I, I can't even, yeah, I mean, literally, I mean, they're literally killing people. They're, they're, they're people, they're, they're selling people that want these drugs. I mean, they're literally wanting to kill these people. I mean, it, it, it seems just pretty fucking sick. Oh my God. All right. Now, um, Let's see. So, um, yeah, okay. So psilocybin associated with uh, significantly reduced symptoms of major depression after just one dose. And, and this is this is in a, this is in a study done by the American Medical Association. Um, so they, they they say that people with major depression experience clinically significant sustained reduction in their symptoms after just one dose of psilocybin. Uh, a team of eighteen researchers from institutions including Yale University, Johns Hopkins University, and NYU Langone Center for uh, Psychedelic Medicine and San Francisco Veterans Affairs Medical Center. Okay, since when the hell does NYU have a Center for Psychedelic Medicine? They've been researching this for how long and we're just now hearing about this? Exactly. Um, so they investigated the association, carried out a randomized clinical trial involving 104 adults with major depressive disorder. Now for the study published in the Journal of the American Medical Association uh, on Thursday, people with major depressive disorder were administered 25 milligrams of synthetic psilocybin at 11 different clinics across the U.S. and monitored for changes in symptoms 
symptoms over the course of six weeks. Within eight days, patients who received the psychedelic-assisted treatment, which were also accompanied by psychotherapy sessions, reported reduced depressive symptoms that maintained across the six-week follow-up period without attenuation of the effect. One metric that researchers use is what's known as the Montgomery Asperg Depression Rating Scale, or MADRAS, which measures the severity of depression uh, uh, symptoms on a scale of zero, the lowest level of depression to 60, the highest level of depression. Now, prior to the treatment, the average score for the participants was about 35. Now, the group that received psilocybin saw their symptoms decrease significantly by day eight and ultimately saw their scores drop by an average of 19 points by the end of the trial. The average score for the placebo group, by contrast, only dropped about seven points. Now, psilocybin also improved the the psychosocial functioning compared with the placebo the researchers found. The psilocybin treatment was associated with improvement in various exploratory endpoints, including reduced overall disease severity, anxiety, and self-reported depressive symptoms and improved quality of life. Yeah, smoking definitely does that. Now, uh, yeah, but they're not talking about smoking. Yeah, I know. That's mushies all day. I understand that. Um, But psilocybin treatment did not uh, invince the uh, type of emotional blunting reported with standard antidepressant medicines. It says, meaning the psychedelic therapy didn't create a feeling of numbness or apathy. What's more, the psychedelic treatment did not result in any serious adverse effects. These findings add to the evidence that psilocybin, when administered with psychological support, may hold a promise as a novel intervention for MDD, the study authors said i and i agree with that i think that there needs to be a lot more research done on using psilocybin to treat major psychological and mental (laughs) conditions and i mean even i mean we reported on the fact that biden was claiming that he supported this but yet when we had that guy that went to try to find the letter uh yeah surprise couldn't find it so We think that that's bullshit, but we're still hopeful that this will one day become mainstream where you can literally maybe get a prescription or, hey, here's an idea. Why don't we just deschedule psilocybin and marijuana and LSD and let people fucking live their life? That would be fantastic. Um, Meanwhile, what is fantastic is we're now to the back of the napkin segment. I've been slow cooking it all day in my vagina so what do you got going on tonight honey yeah it's not slow kicking in my vagina but it will be roasting in the oven i got some peppers from the farmer's market today when we went and i thought about putting a nice meat and cheese mixture in them and baking them so that they would be a suitable dinner because we had a pretty epic breakfast where i made taco omelets with some leftover taco meat thank you i uh I kind of pride myself on coming up with some out-of-the-box shit. And I used up all of the onions from the gyros last weekend. So it was a win-win situation. Yeah, there you go. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward, to, looking forward to tonight's dinner, for sure. I'm hoping that it comes out well, because it was truly just a winging it. I threw a bunch of shit in a bowl and hoping for the best. Okay, well... Meanwhile, um, so now we're kind of this. This is all. This all ends up being tech shit, which which is uh, which is kind of where that. This is kind of where this the back of the napkin is. I thought I thought this was an interesting story. So Microsoft's revocation of VeriSign Class Three Primary Certificate Authority. Now, uh, so on August on the twenty third of August, uh, uh, Airlock Digital received reports from from customers seeing a sudden increase in file executions that had invalid certificate chains. Now, Airlock Digital investigated these reports and found that all occurrences of the 
the certificate status chain chained trust up to the VeriSign Class 3 Public Primary Certification Authority, G5 Root Certificate, with a big serial number. Over the coming hours, it was identified that many internet-connected Windows 10 and 11 computers with the AirDoc digital environment also began reporting files chained to this root as having invalid certificate chains. So this particular root certificate is responsible for chained trust in a significant number of issued digital certificates globally between 2006 and 2018. Uh, as as uh, PC World reports, according to a Netcraft survey from 2015, Symantec is the, responsible for about one in every three SSL certificates uh, used on the web, making it the largest commercial issuer in the world. Now, and there's a, there's a source there. Now, it's the problem is, is that we, so I have to talk a little bit about certificate authorities here. So we, so at some point, right, in this process, you have to decide who is going to determine who is trustworthy, right? And so we ha- there's actually numerous security uh, or certificate authorities around the world. So for example, if you want to, and, and some, you know, now we, of course, we've got, uh, uh, what is it, what is it uh, the, uh, the, the automate Let's Encrypt, which is its own certificate authority. You know, Google runs its own certificate authority. Apple runs its own certificate authority and so on. And they all kind of, there's kind of agreements between all the different browser makers and that kind of thing about who, about which security authorities we're going to trust and which ones we're not going to trust, right? Uh, if one of these security, and what's happening in the story is, is that, yes, this is, this is that we have it. We have a bad certificate authority. We have a bunch of certificates that were not issued according to the correct guidelines. And so this is a way to basically make those certificates invalid. That's why, that's why there's this uh, certificate authority chain, right? That, that, that happens. And if you dig into the, you know, the little padlock icon on your thing, you can actually find out the, the chain of trust and all this stuff. And you can actually see, you know, who says that you're actually talking to, uh, you know, uh, uh, noagendasocial.com or whatever. And so there's, you can, you can make that determination for yourself. Now, the problem, this creates some issue. This is kind of DRM in a sense, and you'll kind of, we'll get into the story here as this goes. Now, the downfall came when the browser vendors revoked trust in VeriSign's root certificates in 2018 due to repeated occurrences where Symantec, who owned VeriSign at the time, improperly issued SSL certificates from, from this and other routes to customers and its resellers. I actually know people who used to work at VeriSign, like before, before Symantec bought them. Um, because uh, I think part of what became VeriSign was actually a checkpoint reseller or something, if I, if I remember the part of that. Um, now, as a result of this browser revocation, it effectively pulled the pin on Symantec's certificate business. Around this time, the business was acquired by Digicert. Now, Airlog Digital worked through the 23rd of August to determine why this revocation was occurring on Microsoft Windows systems. There was little information publicly and no word from Microsoft or Digicert. The only other information that could be found online was a discussion by the great folks over at slash r slash sysadmin on Reddit, yeah, uh, stating that they were having trouble loading QuickBooks due to an invalid certificate. Analysis of the QuickBooks binary in question showed that it chained to the same VeriSign route. Kudos to Intuit for having the application which validates the digital certificates of its libraries before launching them. Now, this is one of those situations where the and I just thought about this and this is this is why this this I think the reason I covered this story was because now the they can a vendor can deliver a product to you and they can decide to turn it off at any point in time because they say oh the certificates for that are no longer valid yeah that's fucked yes so. I just thought of this and I'm going, yeah, so that's a security thing, but it also, I, I could see this being issued, d- done maliciously even, um, to say that, yes, you have, we, we'll renew the certificate. You, you, think of it as a bribery scheme. You, you want to keep this software going, pay us enough to, you know, to keep the, certi- you know, the certificate authority in business, whatever. I don't know. He finds, there's, I'm sure there's all kinds of ways to deal with that, but, um, but 
Okay. Now this, of course, is because we're because we're talking about electric vehicle uh, security. We don't like we don't like electric vehicles, but no, uh, and we think it's hilarious when we read these stories about how electric vehicles are they're finding new and annoying ways to hack them and fuck with the charging systems. Yeah. So. Now the, so yeah, the market for electric vehicles has expanded exponentially across the past few years and is expected to grow quickly over the coming decade. In essence, the automotive industry is undergoing a profound transformation. Now, packed with cutting-edge technology that can go the distance, this eco-engineering revolution comes with new imperatives. Now, while Hollywood-style vehicle hacks are unlikely at this point, stronger strategies are needed to mitigate EV security risks. Well, the way I mitigate the EV security risk is not use them. But anyway, the electric vehicle supply equipment is uh, is supported by electronics, both for the charging the vehicle and facilitating communications. So EVSE is susceptible to cyber uh, security vulnerabilities and attacks as the National Institute of Standards and Technology. Uh, every element within an EV communicates with it with a central computer, which is responsible for relaying messages between different parts of the car. This has led to efficiency gains. However, it also re- renders uh, elect- electric vehicles vulnerable to hacking. The chargers required to refuel electric vehicles also need to communicate in specific ways as to to manage a vehicle's charge level, voltage, and other metrics. The communication requirements render EVs vulnerable to maliciously modified chargers and other types of cyber malevolence. A major point of vulnerability in terms of electric vehicle security exists within the charger. In contrast with gas stations, the current public, <laughs> the current, <laughs> the, the, um, yeah, the, um, the current public charging model is based on unattended what self-service. What is your issue? Um, meaning that the charging station Stations may be in remote locations without physical security. Uh, in truth, any person with a screwdriver could break into charging stations and attempt to hack the computer operating the charger. Now, theoretically, an individual could manipulate systems as to provide inaccurate charging metrics, endangering both the vehicle and the driver. Now, in contrast with public perceptions and imaginings, no one has managed to use charger connections to hack into vehicles themselves thus far, but hackers are becoming increasingly sophisticated. So it's only a matter of time before this becomes a problem. And so I really, um, yeah, I just look at this from a cybersecurity perspective. And again, given that these things are also probably connected to some, uh, you know, to some third party that can decide to turn off the car at any point in time, just because I don't give them money when they want. Um, yeah, no, I think I'll, t- I'll think I'm, uh, I don't think I'm in the market for a car anytime soon. No, especially not an electric one. That's right. Now, uh, I'm going to put a link to this in the show notes here. Um, that this is, this is because for for, the, for those who are uh, interested, because uh, I found this was this was somebody. This is something that somebody shared on No Agenda Social, um, and uh, it is a. It's actually it was an image of a a product recall, um, and and it's a. And these are these are um, Paw Patrol uh, pet snacks. So there's a, there's, so these are pet snacks that are that are that are um you know that are packaged in kid-friendly packaging now apparently this the, what what happened is the website url on the packaging has been compromised and contains explicit content unsuitable for children so refrain from viewing the website and return the product to the nearest little store for a full refund okay <clears throat> now that i'm actually looking at these i completely un- these are literally kids snacks that the url has been replaced with a porn link. Yes. That is hilarious and disgusting all at once. However, it is, I thought it was, I thought it was a, um, I thought it was a, uh, well, kind of a lead in to this, uh, to the, to the next, to the, to the final segment of the show. 
y'all are a bunch of fucking degenerates okay so this this goes into the well you know you're you know this goes into okay can you play there's a clip that you probably know that that's how you know you that's how you know you fucked up as part of the FBI investigation into the exploitation of CVE-2023-2868, a zero-day vulnerability in Barracuda Network's email security gateway appliances, the FBI has independently verified that all exploited ESG appliances, even those with patches, patches pushed out by Barracuda, remain at risk for continued computer network compromise from suspected PRC, or as in People's Republic of China, I assume, uh, China, uh, China cyber actors exploiting this vulnerability. For more details regarding the malware found to date released to this exploit and learn more about Barracuda backdoors, please visit the CISA releases malware analysis reports on Barracuda backdoors. The cyber actors utilize this vulnerability to insert malicious... I'm, I'm sorry, but Barracuda backdoors really sounds like some Chinese porn. Yeah, it also sounds like a potential uh, 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 a show title, uh, I think, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm honest. So uh, I'm right. I'm sorry. I'm writing this down here. Um, now the cyber actors utilize this vulnerability to insert malicious payloads onto the ESG appliance with a variety of capabilities that enable persistent access, email scanning, credential harvesting, and data exfiltration. The FBI strongly advises all affected ESG appliances be isolated and replaced immediately, and all networks scanned for connections to the provided list of indicators of compromise immediately. Now, yeah, that's how you know you fucked up when the when the FBI tells you your product is. Uh, you know. Yeah, truthfully, I'm just gobsmacked that the FBI actually got involved with this, but I'm, I'm glad they did. Yeah, I was having an issue. I was having an issue trying to write down Barracuda backdoors and, and have a, and have another thought. I this is anyway. So now this this is this this is just the I, I can't even just I can't even believe this one. Uh, so the so the the metro the MTA in, in New York City uh, they had this Omni system that's a contactless uh, subway pass option that lets you pay for a fare by tapping your phone or bank card at a station. Now, however, a report published by 404 Media on Wednesday found that anyone with your card number and expiration date can see your rides within the past seven days through OnMe's trip history feature. This feature was meant to help our customers who want access to their tap-and-go trip histories both paid and free without having to create an on-my account, Resnick tells The Verge. As part of the NTA's ongoing commitment to customer privacy, that sounds like bullshit, uh, we have disabled this feature while we evaluate other ways to serve these customers. Here's a thought. Maybe create a sign-in like you were trying to avoid where you have to actually have the credentials to sign in and see your trip history. Oh, shocking. I know. Surely can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Yes. Now, so... The page that allowed for easy tracking now simply redirects to the OnMe homepage. Now, in addition to drawing criticism over its OnMe system, the New York City subway system is also facing pushback from Stop and other privacy advocates over its use of AI surveillance tools to catch fare evaders. Oh, boy. More AI bullshit. That's right. Now, this is just kind of a sad one here. Um, and, and finally, in, in an, I, I, find this on, I found this on Bruce Schneier's blog, um, but, but I'm linking to the TechCrunch article where it ultimately came from. In an undated note seen by TechCrunch, the unnamed hackers described how they found and exploited several security vulnerabilities that allowed them to compromise web-detected servers and access its user databases. By exploiting other flaws in the spyware makers' web dashboard used by abusers to access 
the stolen data of their victims, the hackers said they enumerated and downloaded every dashboard record, including every customer's email address. The hackers said that dashboard access also allowed them to delete victim devices from the spyware network altogether, effectively severing the connection at the server level to prevent the device from uploading new data, which we definitely did because we could, because fuck stalker where the hackers wrote in the, in the note. The note was included in a cache containing more than 1.5 gigabytes of data scraped from the spyware's web dashboard. That data included information about each customer, such as the IP address they logged in from and their purchase history. The data also listed every device that each customer had compromised, which version of the spyware this, the phone was running, and the types of data that the spyware was collecting from the victim's phone. Ow. That's a, so that's like mafia rules there or something. Hugely. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, I was just kind of, it's just kind of amazing that that stuff kind of makes the news, but, um, but we're glad that it does because then we get to report on it. Then we get to report on it. So, um, all right. So we are, um, okay. I think, um, so fucking over this so well, before we're fucking over this we have to remind people that we are going to be live after new agenda tomorrow and we still want you to call into 253-237-3321 and tell us a dirty joke so that we can tell the whole na community and we will let you know that next week being our 100th episode where we will have sir spencer wolf of kansas city and dame delorean in the studio via a link because they are essentially the couple that started it all for us. And we will be deconstructing episode one of The Lotus Effect. Our refire topic next week is how and when did The Lotus first touch you? What was the first episode you became a pedal head? We want to know all about it. Yes, we do. So, and uh, yeah, you know, we're going to celebrate the fact that we managed to do this a hundred times. Actually, we did it more than, actually, we've done it more than a hundred times because a couple episodes. Eh, we didn't there's publish. been a couple of false starts, but who's counting? That's right. But all right. So I think, um, okay, but I think we're over this. And so that means. Uh, we that, are. And then that means the show has to, uh, to, to, to end like, uh, like this. Like this? Jordan fades back. Swoosh. And that's the game. Fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, you're cool, and fuck you, I'm out! You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.